And we're back. I'm James. This is the Gish Fan Podcast. I'm Luke. I'm Mike. And I'm Brent. I can't think of a pump my punchline, James. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> I like the improv. That's amazing. Oh, man. <laughs> so, James, um, <laughs> he's got the biggest smile on his face right now. I, I think he had even, this one tucked away. I was going to say, I don't even know that he knew what a punchline was. It's something to a joke. Something to a joke. That's good enough. Um, it was delivered really well, actually. How was your weekend, bud? Good. Good. Friday night, kind of kind of rough start. Yeah, that's, that's kind of how we all feel. Up, yeah. um, uh, anything, anything you liked about the Grizz game? Not really. Yeah, it was a tough one. Uh, Money, I didn't really Money even Messina's watch it. Made two field goals. Wow, he brought this in. Fifty-one yards. Oh wait, he made a fifty-one yarder. Yeah. Oh. He's got to finish as one of the more accurate kickers in UM history, right? I mean, in a single season. Yeah. Probably. It's got to be close. Yeah. Um. Yeah, the game kind of got out of hand. We were up at some friends, and James was somebody's, and. Started, I was in a hot tub. Yeah, I was going to say, James is hot tubbing. So. It's probably more, you know. Living it up, buddy. <laughs> I hot tubbed last night, uh, two nights ago. Yeah. It very cold. He hot tubbed all weekend. And windy. Um, but hey, more importantly, you helped me get over things on Saturday because we got to spend all day in the gyms, right? Mm-hmm. How'd basketball go this weekend? Good. Did you get some hoops? Yee. Yee. <laughs> Yeehaw. How's your team look? Good. Um, is everybody playing together as a team? Mm-hmm. Everybody's passing the ball. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of fun, isn't it? Do you guys do you listen to Coach Jay a lot? Yeah. Good answer, because <laughs> Coach Jay listens to the pod. So he does. <laughs> He's told me that about a million times. <clears throat> well, I don't know about that. But. <laughs> You've told me it, it at least ten times. How, how'd you do this weekend? Good. Tell me about what was your, about what was your that. stat line, James? Two points. Nice. We love it. Dude, I saw the clip. You're downplaying this. I am. Reenact what happened. Describe <laughs> take what, us, take us through the play. Take us through. What did you see on the court in the transition that made you? What, take us through the whole play. <laughs> did you just run down because you got a feeling you, you were going to be open? You put your hand up? Yeah. And your buddy Bo tossed the ball? It was Bo, right? Oh, uh, yeah. I think so. Every, everything remember. just went blank and you just executed. Just nailed it. So, James, what I was impressed with, um, my father always used to tell me, like, Luke, you can't coach hustle. And I think he used to tell that to me because I was pretty uncoachable. And so like, I couldn't learn many skills. And he's like, well, Luke, at least you can hustle. Um, but what I saw from you, James, was the shot went up and there was a rebound. And you immediately, maybe even instinctually, just took off. You were streaking down the court. You beat everybody down to the other side. You were the first one there. And your teammate hit you. And then the wide open like layup is a nerve wracking shot to take, mm-hmm. right? Because everyone's watching you. Like there's nothing, there's no one to blame if you blow it. But you sunk that thing. Yeah, man. I was super jazzed, man. <laughs> I was. I watched it like six times. So, do you guys run a lot at practice? Yes. Do you think you were the most conditioned team there? Probably. Why do you think that matters? 
<laughs> so you're not tired at the end. So you can do you stuff can like you did, yeah. <laughs> Dude. Uh, I don't know how to explain it. You're a baller. That's all I know. Say, Dad, I score buckets. That's all. That's all I need. That's oh all you need to know. God. I run sprints and I score buckets. Oh, it's a bad influence. <laughs> um, anything? Anything else, Bud? You want to talk about the off season or anything like that? No. All right. We had two questions for you, buddy. Mm-hmm. And we prepped you, right? Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> the first question we had from Wolf Seven 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 is. Uh, what was your favorite thing about this season? It could be a play, a game, a player, or just an experience or a memory. The Grizz beating the Bobcats for the first time in five years. All right. I mean, I think that's going to be on a lot of people's highlight this year. I think so. Yeah. Okay. Other question from Everett Grizz. If you have one magic power, what would it be and why? Good moving up to the NFL and going 17 and 0 and winning the Super Bowl. Well, there's an ambitious one. <laughs> wow. I would love to see that just to watch the conflict within Brent on who to root for. You know, <laughs> you know what's great about that, though? Is like the question didn't have any premise, so it's like magical. You, all right, let's go to the NFL. There could be a like a movie, you know, almost like uh, uh, what was that? What was that movie where the kid inherited the baseball team? <sighs> There was tons of these 80s movies, yeah. wasn't there? Or Rookie of the Year. Rookie the the kid year breaks the kid. arm, and yeah. now he can throw, like, absolute <laughs> gas. <laughs> we could make a movie <laughs> premised off of James, uh, James' just comment. What do you think, James? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, real quick, I'm going to check and see if there's anything else on Twitter for uh, the young James. We've, we've, people have started texting us and DMing us questions as well. Which kind of makes it harder to keep track of us. That's true, yeah. <laughs> James, who do you have winning this weekend between JMU and North Dakota State? NDSU. And who do you have winning um, between SDSU. the Bobcats and <laughs> South Dakota State University? No hesitation. I remain very proud of you. Question for you, bud. I have to go to Bozeman for work in the second half of this week. Mm-hmm. I have a ticket to the game available to me. Should I go? Yes. Interesting. Why? Because the cats suck. <laughs> it depends, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's probably not the thing I would want to say. Going. Buy a South Dakota State shirt and wear it to the game. <laughs> but also buy it. But also wear a good sweatshirt. So, I got a question for you, buddy. <laughs> there are some cat fans out there who are now convinced that... Don't you dare share this with my cousins. You've got some cousins who are cat fans, it's true. Now convinced that somehow Sam Houston State, them beating Sam Houston State and going to semifinals and the Grizz losing in the round of eight means that the cats are somehow better than the Grizz. No, Sam Houston State is not good. They have an easy schedule. That's the only reason why they get the one seat. They only had to play 10 games. So you're saying they were overrated. Yes. And the Cats also would have lost to James Madison. Yes. And it's just the draw. Yes. Okay. I agree with you. If the Cats beat South Dakota State and go to the finals, I think they could start claiming that. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I don't. I have high hopes. If you call South Dakota State, how is South Dakota State not ranked? I know because Sac State went eight and zero in conference. The only reason they get ranked. Do you like how he's got the hand motions? Yeah, he's got this. <laughs> We're ready. Yeah, dude. <laughs> you guys heard Down it here on the first. table. I like it with, with authority. All right, but I'm not seeing any other questions for you. So if I find any, I'll come find you. All right. Okay. Thanks, James. Keep up the good basketball you know, work. Staring contests don't work on radio or pods. <laughs> it's just dead silence it's in people's cars air. right now. Yeah. I <laughs> <laughs> oh, love you, buddy. <laughs> See you, dude. All right. Well, these pods are always, you know, uh, rejuvenating after the season yeah, and losses. Be, right? Yeah. So. I hope this one is too. Although the game being on Friday now, I've had an extra day to process to get over things, um, and it sucks to lose. I mean, yeah, yeah, but you know what? Somebody shared this. It's the first time since 2008 and 2009 that the Grizz have had back-to-back 10-win seasons. Hmm. That long back-to-back wow. uh, quarterfinal appearances. Yep. So you know, this is a positive, and I would say that. Even though they went down to JMU and, and lost, you know, we're, we're a shell of a team. We were down Babros. We were down Hicksonu from the start. Yep. Sammy breaks his collarbone on the first drive after making a great catch. Cam gets hurt at the end of the first quarter. We got Governor in a club. Governor's in a club. Lewis in a knee brace. Yep. You know, I mean, they, yeah. they were just beat up. And, you know, I mean, some sometimes you just run out of abilities to make it work. And, and JMU was just better. Yeah, I mean, were. I think that we can just say that. It doesn't take anything away from me that I think that our playoffs this year were more impressive than they were in 2019. Yes. I think our win over Eastern was much more impressive than our win over Southeast Louisiana. Yes. I think the Grizz will open next year in the top 10, or they should. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And, you know, frankly, I mean, we checked a lot of things off the box. You know, got a, got a win over Eastern, revenge them, beat the Cats, and got the Great Divide Trophy back. Would I love to be playing in the semifinals? You're damn right. Yeah. That's the goal. Mm-hmm. But it's, I'm not going to let, you know, bad actors, in my opinion, try and act like the somehow what's going on in Bozeman this weekend or the Grizz losing to a good JMU team who was ranked higher than them yep. means that somehow this season was a fraud for the Grizz. Bullshit. No, no. Yeah. <clears throat> and I think, I mean, so – You've got to go back to like, you know, 2011 where things turned for the Montana program that then required a pretty heavy reset. And so then we had three years of an interim coach that did as best he could. And then we go the direction of Bob Stitt and what he wanted to try to do with this team, which wasn't good enough um, for, you know, uh, to get us to where we expect the Grizz to be. And so we are on year three of the production on the field. And so we have had, you know, we made, it was probably more of a baby step this year. Uh, of course, an FBS win is something that we have not seen in a very long time with the Montana program. <clears throat> Cat win was something we hadn't seen in five years, uh, four games. And so I, you know, yeah, I'd love to keep playing football. And I think seated a little differently. 
four seed or six seed, <laughs> we might still be playing football, but it's tough to say. And so I think, yeah, we, we hit a brick wall when we got to James Madison and just sometimes it's unfortunate, but like the, the thing that this team has had to deal with this entire season has been a kind of a crippling effect of injuries um, that have limited its potential at times. And so it's everyone has injuries. Everyone goes through issues. Ours were really like acute on offense, especially um, that made things really difficult uh, for consistency on that side of the ball. And then finally, as we have a game against Eastern where we put a lot of points up on the scoreboard, unbeknownst to most of us fans, uh, you know, we suit up a squad that's like really beat the hell up defensively the next week. And then try as they might, you know, um, you know, just couldn't get the sport from offense and things just kind of fell apart. So I, you, it, it was a successful season. And I, I think, guys, yeah. <laughs> do you know what you're doing right now? I'm bringing you down. <laughs> bringing you down. No, you're actually intellectualizing this and it's emotional. Okay. <laughs> you guys are, are moving on. You're compartmentalizing this. I've had girlfriends tell me for years, Luke, you need therapy. What do you think this is for me? This Chris Van Pot is therapy. I'm trying to put in the work. And I have emotions, and you guys are just skipping back to rationalizations, guys. I this, was so built up after the cat game and the Eastern game, and I was really optimistic. I, I we'd thought about the scenarios in which the Grizz could pull up yeah. this upset. Yep. yep. And I was <laughs> I talked to people all week about like, all right, this is what the template looks like. This is how it's gonna go. And you know what? We came out freaking hot yeah we came out looking this is the best cam humphrey has looked all year long yeah he made throws he made quick decisions he did they, um, they again took a shot to um uh, cam down the field and it was a perfect ball yep. against eastern i thought cam had his best throw of the season yeah to a, or cam had his best throw of the season to a cam until, until that now, yeah. ball to a cam you know, the one that broke his uh, collarbone is what yeah. I think is being yeah. reported. I mean, that's, that's what it looked like. You know? They said that after yeah. the game. I, yeah. There was okay. a press conference, yeah. So I was so jacked. And then it's just like, this is how the season ends. <laughs> this is how the season ends. Like, right? Not with a bang, but with a whimper. <laughs> like, it was just like when Cam goes out, like or a Cam goes out, and then Cam follows at the end of the first I, I just my stomach hurt, fellas. Yeah. I was just so I I didn't think, with you know, with respect to our uh, second and third string quarterback crew, I was like against this JMU yeah. team, yeah. this phase. I I mean I I could have just turned the TV off and I I just knew we couldn't do it for. Three more quarters with a backup. Yeah, I had that same. And it's painful. It's tough. Yeah. This game felt to me like last time. No, it was 2008. That was Richmond. I was going to say last time we played James Madison. Mm -hmm. But um, we beat them the last time we played them. But it was after that game where uh, we came off the upset of that number one JMU, go back to the national title game. And I feel like, wasn't that a game where I think um, Berkowitz got hurt in it and had to miss a stretch? Oh, yeah, that, that was the one I went to, and it was raining, and, and we lost to Richmond, I think. Yeah, Richmond. And it was just one of those games where it was like, you're coming off like an, like we beat the number one team in the nation, 
and like the front runner for Walter Payton. And so we're coming back and we're going back and we're playing Richmond and who the hell are these guys? Oh, we're going to, you know, we're going to kick their ass. Yeah. And I remember, didn't they run like a, a double pass play to their quarterback and it's seven, nothing. You're like, Oh, and then it's like, you know, nothing for the greatest touchdown Richmond. And then like their D line just wrecked our O line. And like, they just, it was kind of like this. I think we only scored seven points in that game. And it was just kind of a slow outpace, and by like the third quarter, you're just like, "Oh, this isn't happening today." No, <laughs> like it's just like they just look out of gas, and it's tough to like make that guess if the team was out of gas. Like I, I didn't, you know, but I don't know. It just looked like there was, I don't know, there was parts of the team that you just didn't recognize. Yeah, in stretches of this game. So, yeah. Man, we just couldn't get the pressure on Cole Johnson. Well, I mean, James Madison had a great plan for that. They kept a tight end in the block, and they kept a running back in. So they had seven blockers. And yep. if we sent five or six, they had us squared up. And then they just – how many slant routes did they run in that game? But that's the a frustrating million? thing because it's like in the games <laughs> we lost, it was the slants over the middle and going over the middle that beat us. Well, it was. It's, and, it's tough because when you send so much pressure – the slant route is just filling the void that the linebacker left. Yeah. And so you need your safeties, right, to like yep. <laughs> be there immediately to help. Right. It's a tough route. It's yeah. a tough thing to stop when you face a quarterback and the caliber of Johnson. I think we're going to only see that more next year. I mean, mm. we got to figure that out. I think it's the yeah. biggest weakness of the 3 3 5 we run with the pressure coming from the linebackers. Yeah, it is. I, I think it's. When we get to this stage of the playoffs and we face teams that have the personnel to do that, we'll see it again. I, teams might try it, but this is the first time we've been beat this way because no one else has a quarterback like Cole Johnson or wide receivers and the speed that they have. Yeah, but I mean, like the flip side of that is Sac State, who I think we all now can agree is significantly worse than the Grizz. I mean, that's kind of how they beat the Grizz. Yeah. Like, exactly. I mean, yeah. they didn't look pretty, but they completed enough of them over the middle. They passed for over 300 yards. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it's like, I don't know. And maybe part of this is just we just haven't, like, our D-line is still young. Mm-hmm. Um, but, man, it'd be great to be able to get pressure with the front three or front, front, front four. Yeah. Even though I do love the blitzing. Like, I don't want that to go away. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's, I mean... You know, we'll, we'll, I think we're going to, as we move through this, we're going to be talking about what the roster looks like with graduation and whatnot. But, like, our two DNs, granted, we were missing one um, for the JMU game, uh, Babros uh, and then uh, Belknap on the other side. <clears throat> awesome dudes, right? Belknap was transfer in. Babros transferred, too, but it was a couple of years ago, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, then you look at the backups, D.R.E. Todd and Jacob McGowan. Both of them have... Th- like 30 pounds on each of these guys. Now being heavier doesn't necessarily make you a better football player, but you talk about in looking down the road in the future, there's going to be more size, like just sheer weight on that D line uh, with strength and stuff like that. It could help get more push on the O line. But the thing that both Babros and Belknap did was, I mean, they, they, they were awesome at blowing plays up. They could chase sideline to sideline. I don't know if McGowan and Todd can do that as much, but so it's, it's like it's going to be interesting. I think we're going to on the D line, we're going to have a trade off for size versus kind of that lateral speed, and so how that equates, you know, who the hell knows? But remind yeah. me, we do we retain Todd? 
Is he coming back? Yeah, he's got eligibility. One yeah. more year. But I mean, there's a lot of these guys, and I, I, I say this with Todd, knowing nothing about Todd, so don't listeners don't lead too much into this. There's a lot of these guys who, you know, have their senior year of eligibility, but have been in college for like six years. Yeah. So it's like I wouldn't be surprised if we see at least a couple of these guys. Sam graduate, kind of good, be done. Yeah. Um, I don't know that it would be Todd because I think Todd worked really hard to get to the point where he's playing. Right. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But I do wonder if we don't see a little bit of that. It's tough to say. We have these things called master's degrees, Mike. <laughs> I think you have one. Yeah. Um, I do. <laughs> you stick around for longer, stick around baby. For longer, you get with fair point. I too was in college for six years. Um, uh, you know, hell, Danny Burton's going to graduate with a, oh, the a doctorate doctor. in pharmaceutical studies or whatever it's wow. called. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's six years. Yeah, I'd like, you know, I'd like to see a cat player getting a doctorate. Can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that game. That was just. That was tough. I mean, it was. It, it felt like I don't know. It's one of those games where like you're watching it, it as like we needed a big spark and it just it never came. Yeah, I mean, they're, the interesting thing to me to note is that Cam and Akem being out oh. wouldn't have affected all of the big plays that we gave up. Yeah, and yeah, I think that's, true. that's something that's, you know, there's a question from the fans like for later that asks like if the, the offense giving up 600 or the defense giving up 600 yards and 500 yards the last two weeks – are those just empty yards or is that something bigger? And it's like, I don't know that you can say they're empty yards because I think that the James Madison, they watched film yeah. and they knew they could get some plays and they got them. And I mean, I don't think our defense was exposed. I just think that we were missing a couple of guys and they couldn't get home and it just led to different things. But it, this was one of those games where it's like, it hurts because you wanted to win and you go in convinced that we're on a roll and we can do this. But then when you lose and kind of how they lost with the, you know, guys getting hurt and stuff, you're kind of like, yeah, I mean, I get it. Like it is what it is. It doesn't make it suck any less. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ugh. I mean, it was, it is kind of interesting. You bring that up. Cause like Eastern Washington scored touchdowns on big plays and then jams, you jam, you had a, was it an 80 yard? 82-yard touchdown pass and a 50-yard run. That run was like... Ridiculous. How many missed tackles? <sighs> a lot. That's something that I don't get. Like, yeah. so uncharacteristic. Yeah, it was... That was a moment where I was watching that happen with the missed tackles. And that was a big guy. He's like a 220-pound guy. I mean, O'Connell finally got to him, but it was like... He was outrunning safeties. And it was just like, this is so uncharacteristic of like what we've seen, especially with run defense, you know? And, yeah. and then you kind of come back to that thing where Montana's now 0-3 if they allow over 100 yards, and we'd allowed 100 yards rushing at the half. half. Mm-hmm. And there was that one where we had them pinned at, like, the two, and their running back, like, pushed for – Pushed, and at first it was, like, five yards, yards or and something. then it was 16 yards in the, the, the whole pile. And it's like, how can we not stop him? Yep. <sighs> Yeah, that was so. That was the play that ended with the fifty-yard run. It was a ninety-six-yard drive that was four plays and a minute fifty-three <laughs> clock running the ball. Yeah, yeah. Um, now that we're talking about individual plays, <clears throat> is this the the right time to ask 
what the fuck is targeting? <laughs> I don't. I I don't understand the rule at this point. So I rewatched the Eastern, the, the calls. Yeah, and I I brought broke them down clip by clip, and I actually saved them a little bit. Was going to tweet them out, but then decided this is just not worth it. Um, <laughs> yeah, really. Stuff. Yeah, no, <laughs> really, Mike. Like, <laughs> Luke and Brent are like, because you started all kinds of other wars on Twitter this weekend with our with our. Our Chris Van Bonnecamp. Our end of the season award just consists of giving a Twitter sheriff badge to Mike Nugent. <laughs> Only the best. Only the best. But um, in in the Eastern game, how good was it? Like he hit him with his shoulder, so it's like that one I'm good with. The Robertson one was close, but it lo- I I think, and this is where I said last week on the pod, but I wish the refs, the replay officials, would have to give a statement to the press and they don't have to talk to him. They could just put it out. Like this is what we saw to make the decision we made. Cause my hunch is Limu Jones put his head down. And I think that's why they didn't call targeting because I think there was, there was contact and it's hard to say for sure if the head got there before the elk or the shoulder or the shoulder got there before the head. But Jones took a couple steps after catching the ball and his head was up. Then he put it down to brace for contact. Mm. And if he hadn't done that, there's probably not the head-to-head contact like there was. Now, that's not the only thing for targeting. So I don't know. But then fast forward to this JMU game. And the first, the call they had, I don't, like, the the guy was saying goodbye to his teammates on the sideline. Yeah. Yeah. And they kept the unnecessary roughness, but they took off the targeting. And it's just like, well, what? How can you have... I'd never seen that before. Yeah. I feel like I had just because... I think the I think one of the first or second times I've saw it called, I always thought it would was hand in hand. And then there was another time where they're like... They threw a flag, personal foul, targeting. And they waved it off and there was no penalty yards. I was like, what the hell? So I, I actually... The very first time, but that was a few years ago. But I did take note of that because when he threw that flag, he said we have unnecessary roughness... And we have targeting, which is actually, but it's honestly wild to the sense that they thought it was an illegal hit to the point that it deserved a flag that could not be overturned. And then, uh, and it's, it's almost like those refs kind of knew that if they call both, they still get to keep their call on the field, even if the booth overturns the targeting. Yeah. Cause I, I, it was interesting then the, the targeting where our backup tight end got thrown out at the end of the game. I mean, he probably shouldn't have jumped on the guy. Like, I yeah, I don't know what he yeah. was targeting, but it was a late hit on a guy that was on the ground. Yeah, yeah. I mean. So I, does he have to sit out the first game? That's my understanding. The, are the, you kidding? The first really? half of the, the first, first game. Oh, shit. I was, but, like, <laughs> what does it matter? Like, he ain't starting next year. Right? Like, well, he, I, I was going to say. Oh, no, no. Well, no, no the tight end's come back. Yeah, not back. But, I mean, it's like, still, I mean, it's a guy contributing on special teams, and you hate to see it. But but I I can't wait to go back. I, I haven't had the. I haven't been in the headspace, guys, to watch this game. I don't think Again, I ever will. Be. I don't. I, I'm going to go back to watch it just it to get a, a gif of Eric Barker was the guy's name, the the kid's name who got our targeting, yeah. just to get his face of like disbelief. Like, <laughs> yeah, he like it was has a great his, face. He he's like, like takes I, his helmet off and he's like, "What? What the fuck was that?" But it's kind of funny because he's a super handsome young man and like he's just like. <laughs> Just to see him just so like, what? <laughs> I was like, I want to turn that into a gift. <laughs> oh, Lord. 
God. So anyway, <laughs> well, and then in the, in the cat game, a uh, Sam Houston State linebacker got tossed for or say or, or safety. I don't know what it was, but got tossed for the exact same type of hit. Yeah, granted, different crew, different set of eyes, but it was yeah came in and hit him and. Same kind of thing. Both players kind of lowered their heads, and so they came down head to head. I think with targeting, yeah. I, I you, understand the purpose of it. I yeah, mean, oh, it's I safety, too. and you hear all kinds of people talking about it. And the one thing that I don't hear much of is like any actual body that can change the rule and what their debate is. But you've heard people suggest that they should add a two stage thing to targeting, where there's like intentional targeting and unintentional targeting. And intentional targeting gets you tossed from the game, but unintentional targeting is just a 15-yard penalty yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's like, like, take the Robertson hit, you know? It's like, if he'd gotten tossed from the game, that would have been a a game-changer against Eastern Washington, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. And that play was so bang-bang, you know, and the guy's putting his head down. I don't know. And it's like, you know, our, the one we did get called against us on Friday night. Yeah. I, I mean, it wasn't intentional. Like, I don't know. I don't have a solution. No. I don't have an answer for you either. That just, that place stood out to me. <laughs> uh, targeting. It's, uh, I don't know. I mean, a couple of years ago against NAU, which sure uh, led to a <laughs> funny result. One of the most bizarre games I've ever seen. But yeah, it seems like the rule needs some work. Right? Yeah, yeah especially if they can determine where it's like. And you can even say... So you get one unintentional targeting, it's 15 yard, and if you have a second in the same game, ooh, hit hit the bricks. That's you know? going to feel like I mean, you, if you get two unsportsmanlike penalties in a game, you're ejected. Mm, yeah. So treat, treat it like that. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I'd accept that. Yeah. I think you can, without having to like rewrite the whole rule book, I think you can figure something else out. But, yeah. I don't know. I will say um, – I think Robbie Patterson, for being put in the position that he was in, played better than anyone could have expected mm-hmm. and fought like hell, ran the ball damn well, had a couple throws that were, you know, whatever, but had a few that weren't too bad. And I think it was it was kind of interesting where we talk about, like, some kids looked flat and some things didn't make sense, so we didn't recognize some stuff. And it was like, all right, start of the second half – Chris Brown is not Done. playing. Yeah, not playing. Um, and so here comes Robbie Patterson, third string quarterback, who runs an option offense for us. Uh, now, either. I mean, but yeah, yeah, I mean, there's some RPOs. Is a is a more run heavy package than the others. Like, so how much is Robbie like? Is is he just taking every third snap in practice? Is he running with? I mean, like. I mean, I, I imagine very little. So it's like, you know, like he has set pieces that maybe focuses on more. And he's thrust in to play a whole half of a game. And at the point I think that he's in, yeah, we're down. Well, we're down 14-3. So kid fought like hell. And I think there was stuff where it's like – I didn't see this from Grizz players on the field, but you see games where guys just kind of give up, especially where like a third – or like a backup gets thrust in and just can't get it done. And it just – it's not there, but – I was, and I have no idea what the future holds. We're going to talk about this, right? Grizz are offering transfer quarterbacks. I don't, I have no clue if Robbie's going to be the starter next year. Uh, but I think what he put into, uh, <laughs> I think what he, well, I do. You do. I, I just think the way he, 
I don't know. I, I just love what I saw out of him. With it was just kind of like not give up, fight and go. He was tough as hell. He was, and like he threw two picks, but one of them was fourth and goal, and he just had no options. It's like I, I'm going to get sacked or I throw this ball in the end zone. To yeah, see try and make something happen. Fuck, just whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So I agree with that. Like I think he was a gamer. Um, they've been putting him in since like the Idaho game. Yeah. And there's nothing fucking creative that they do with him. It's just zone read. It's just zone read. And it just, like, that frustrated me that there's, you know, you compare it to what the Cats were doing with Tommy Mallott before they made him the starter. You know, they, they, there were plays and they would put them in position to find success with the certain things. And it's like gimmicky, but it would work. Like, I just think putting him in and having him basically run the same offense, just doing more RPOs where he kept it more. Yeah. I mean, I don't think much was going to happen. Like, they ran the option once, maybe, maybe a couple more, but I mean, once or twice a game. But you know, yeah. and it, that just frustrates me that I feel like in the bigger picture of the offense, like we didn't scheme to get guys into advantageous positions. We talked yeah. about this a lot. I I kind of thought they would have a set wildcat formation yeah. for him, like a yeah. true blue wild, unmistakable wildcat. We're going Tim Tebow on this sucker, like <laughs> you know, something like that. You know, I, but yeah. they didn't. I, they didn't. I don't know. Yeah. Um. You know what? I feel bad for him because I think that both he and Brown got thrown into it. I I think that, and starting with me, I just I would say that the QB position for the Grizz this year um, maybe wasn't as talented as we hoped it would be. Um, I think that Cam proved that he was a gamer. And Cam absolutely, and I already had my Mia Culpa, that Cam showed that he was absolutely the best QB on the roster. Um, I really think Chris Brown's got a lot of tools, but the game never seemed to slow down for him this year, which I I think him getting pulled at halftime, you know, people could say whatever they want that that doesn't, mean anything in the big picture except that it does yeah i mean yeah. well i think i don't know like here i, I want to push back and just for a minute in sort of a just rhetorical way because the dude needs some work i've never found a rhetorical question i didn't want to answer <laughs> but how long did it take cam humphrey to come into his own like a long time and chris brown is still a redshirt freshman. Yeah. I, I know he's got that extra year, but so does Cam, right? What I thought was like if if we could get Chris Brown, like if he stays on this team and he continues to get better through his so- like redshirt sophomore year, redshirt junior year, I'm really prepared to think that he's still going to get better and better and better just like we saw We've seen every one of our quarterbacks do ever. Like to write him off now, um, I think is maybe a little premature. Do I think he has the ability to? Am I really confident about KB twelve being our starter to opening game next next year? That doesn't get me super excited at this point. But I'm not saying I couldn't get there because it okay. took it took Chris or it took Cam Humphrey a long time. Further, like if you can have. I've said this maybe once before, but there is a strategic advantage to having starters on your roster from the state. And it's not just like, we love Montanans. 
but there's more scholarship dollars to distribute yeah, across true. other positions. Very true. Yep. Right? Like, I think it's worth keeping him on scholarship and developing him while in parallel we bring in some other people because he's still got three years of eligibility. Oh, yeah. No, I 100% want Chris Brown on this team next year. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think despite the frustrations of, of this last game and things not going right, I think that if properly schemed schemed for, that he showed that he could move the ball in situations. And if there's anything we've learned this year, it's that we need a lot of QBs who can be able to play. Because we've talked about this before. When was the last time mm. the Grizz went a season without having an injured QB? It's been a long time. I mean, it's been a long time. Decade, right? Um, yeah, I think a so. A long time. So, I, no, I'm and, not ready to write him off. But I will say... And this is, I'm not trying to knock anybody, but I don't think that the starting QB for week one of the 2022 Grizz football season took a snap for the Grizz this year. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's KB12. I don't think it's Robbie. You you know, you're ideally not playing redshirt freshmen. Yeah, that's that's given how things have worked. I mean, you'd be surprised if it's Daniel Daniel Britt, who was Scout Team Player of the Year. You know, and I'm sure um, Coach is going to bring in a freshman QB, right? We yep. might bring Hoyt in, or whatever, how, however you say his name from Helen. I, I don't know how you pronounce it, yeah. So if we bring in one to two uh, transfers, I imagine we lose one. And in my mind, I imagine that person is Robbie, even though he just balled out and showed he has a lot of heart. Um, it, yeah, which is because, interesting, but I also think other teams will see that and be like, hey, that dude's a baller. Yeah, He was put in a tough situation and the team didn't quit on him, and he didn't quit. Yeah, he didn't. Um, I think he'll land on his feet if he were to transfer, if he were to enter the portal. It'll be interesting because Coach Hauk has said previously that he likes to have one QB per class. Yep. So that would lend to believing they are probably trying to find two upper-class QBs. Now, maybe that's not the way the world works, but I wouldn't be surprised to see him get a transfer in a JUCO or you know, just to fill out that room with a little bit more depth. Um, but then if you see that and you're a guy like Patterson, who's going to be a junior, you're thinking like, Hey, I am the upper class QB. Yeah, here I am. Like here <laughs> I am. Go. Yeah. So if they do that, you know, I mean, I don't know if you stick around or not. It's going to be interesting to watch. Um, spring's going to be fascinating. Just but see I, how they oh yeah. But Brent's right. Like I enjoyed watching him come in. I admire, um, coach Houck and coach Rosie and coach Pease for making the decision. Cause it, you know, no knock on Chris, but he just, he just didn't have it. Like three drives, one of five passing. It just wasn't there that night. My, my prediction, and well, it'll be years. So there's there's a lot of safety in making predictions that won't we won't know for years. <laughs> I predict Chris Brown will start another game for the Grizz in uh-huh. his career. I just think development again isn't linear, and at some time, you know, when you when you're picking up a skill, a position, a sport, anything. There's a moment where things seem like chaos and something flips in your brain and it slows down just a half a second. And that half a second is all you need sometimes to make a set of throws and reads. And then after, you know, you get a little more experience, it slows down another half a second. If you get a full second, like you can do some damage as a QB. And he, and like you said, Mike, he has a lot of tools. And it's, you know, sometimes for guys, that's an off season. Mm -hmm. It's like now, the season's done. They can sit back. They can 
he, he could process everything. He could right. work on what, and then all of a sudden, you know, you don't play in live action for six months. You know, you got spring. Then all of a sudden, it's like the next time you go in, this is what you're talking about. As you get older, all of a sudden, it doesn't seem as fast. You know, so it's like you're right. Like he absolutely could, and I think that that's something that people should be reminded of because Chris fans, like every fan base, are fickle <laughs> and you know ready to write people off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and here's here's an interesting, interesting example. Uh, Cole Berkowitz, 2005, redshirt oh. freshman, Look playoff at game against pulling up the stats on his. He's podcast. so good with history. Playoff game against Cal Poly, laid an egg, 160 yards, touchdown, a pick, sacked seven times. We lost the game to Cal Poly after we beat them in the regular season playoff. That was a mm-hmm. uh, an opening playoff game. Lost after losing to the Cats at home, and then uh, next week, Berkowitz, you know. Not there, not it. Has a real rough game, and then we don't see him for two years because then Josh Swagger comes in in 2006 as a rent a player, so to say, takes us to the semifinals where we lose to UMass. Yeah, and then next year Cole's back in 2007, competing with Jason Washington, right? Or was that the er, was Jason Washington? That was in '05. Yeah, I can't remember. Who, I, I think he was pretty much handed the keys in '07. And then we have him for 07, where we have an undefeated season and lose early in the playoffs. Comes back in 08, we get all the way to the national title game. So, I mean, it's happened before where we've had young quarterbacks yeah. go out in a pretty poor fashion, uh, just with a bad showing. And how they bounce back. It's like this offseason. Boy, Brent, that is a tremendous point. <laughs> what a poll. You this may, is why. You maybe should clip that one. <laughs> this is why. But it's like we brought Brent on. Yeah, I would have never. This is why. Up. This is why I started this podcast. <laughs> There's an inside joke the for progenitor for people of the pod. wondering. Luke and I started this podcast, and we brought Brent in a couple episodes in, like yeah. two or three. It was immediate. We need. It's yeah. immediately clear we needed we, help. We needed a, somebody who had done some deep dives, if you will. <laughs> deep dives, um, folks. But now it's like you check out Egris for the list of questions, and everyone's like, "Brent, great pod." <laughs> <laughs> so, so anyways funny. there's a great example right in front of you so um so off like the off season will be vital for chris and i think not just that but just what the quarterback room looks like and even if he doesn't get the job next year um that he continues to grow and stick with it and if he does he should be good on the other side but we're talking we're talking a couple years you know so, um, that's just the one thing. So, oh, Mike's taking a picture. Hold on. <laughs> there we go. Photo for the pod. So, anyways, that was my uh, that was my deep dive example of the week. And who's who's the guy speaking while we're talking about um, transfers? Who's the guy we offered the Northern Illinois dude? Yeah, we offered a kid from you and I. Oh, you and I. Yeah. Um. I, don't, I mean, I've watched one of his highlight reels. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So he... He was a starter he last was, year? Yeah, he was a walk-on, and he earned the starting job. He's played three years, I think. Um, he lost the starting job this year in the second game to a Michigan State transfer. Um, he looks like he's a little bit of a dual threat. Reminds people a little bit of Sneed. Yeah. I'm honestly a little bit concerned. He's got a pretty low completion percentage compared to some of the guys we brought in. Yep. But at the same time, Sneed had an under 50% completion percentage when we brought him in as a transfer. Um, and that worked out. So, 
Somebody asked today, what do you think would have happened with Dalton Snead on this team? Oh, dude, I think we're uh, undefeated. I, I, God. Yeah. And then we probably end up on that other side of the bracket. <laughs> and and in, in truth, I just Easy have to say, I just have yeah. to say this. It's speculative, and you you know you can't prove it. But I truly think the top four teams in the country were on the Grizzly side of the bracket. Us, Eastern, JMU, North Dakota State in some order. Yeah. And then it's probably South, South Dakota, Dakota State, State and the Cats, Cats at five or six in some order. Yeah. We'll find out. Yeah. Um, but with Dalton Sneed, um, a healthy Dalton Sneed, I, I you know. I mean, you shoot. don't think you lose the Sac State game. We don't lose the Sac you know, State so game. So it's like that changes and that, things. And then we're, we're home for this quarterfinal round. Through Yeah, at least at the quarter. The only thing, that, obviously it's tough because you – you're in a realm of what ifs, but how does Dalton Snead look without Marcus Knight? Yeah. And so that's just because then suddenly now Dalton's got, you know, the way this season went, Xavier Harris and Junior Bergen. And so, you know, Knight, Snead, Cam Touré, like that, that, that quartet worked yeah. incredibly well. That's a good and point. So he'd be down half of his main guys on the offense. And, um, an O line that maybe, I would say the O line show as good as it did in 2019. I don't know. I I don't I, I don't know how to, I don't know the grades, and so I look at it as a dumbass fan. So I just I don't know, I don't know. Yeah, I think we'd be better. We would have beat Sack, mm-hmm. and so we would have been home for another game. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, <sighs> let's not play the what ifs. But yeah. I, somebody asked me that. I love I love parallel that. universes. In fact. Um, if there's a movie or a book about time travel and parallel universes, I'm in. <laughs> Perfect. Count me in. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. It was interesting. I don't know about you guys, but I like usually like especially a season ending loss sits with me for like a real long time, mm-hmm. you know, and like you dwell on it. Now, granted. You know, much to the, the delight of probably any cat fans still listening, a couple of our recent season-ending losses were at the hands of the cats. Mm-hmm. Um, but like that Weber loss two years ago, where it was like, we should have beat those damn guys, right? Like I didn't really. It was a close game. We, I mean, five picks and a block punt Weber that gets you a touchdown. Like that was two years ago. Tonight. Two years ago. Yeah. Our Facebook yeah, I didn't see that. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Britt and I traveled so, to Ogden for that one. That was like one of those ones where you came away from. It was like Chris should have won that game. Like they, they, they cost themselves the game with the turnovers that they had. Um, but And then previous, but beyond that, where it's like those losses just sit with you for a while. I don't know. I was – I don't know why, but it, maybe it was just because the game kind of felt like it was well in hand quickly, and I would already was telling myself through the week that I thought James Madison was going to win. But within a few hours after it, I was, I was just kind of – Starting to think ahead of the next season, think sign day, you know, think stuff like that. And obviously not just like short change, like our seniors and everything they put into it. But I don't know, like that it didn't, didn't beat me up as much as other season ending losses do. I, I really can't pinpoint why. Maybe it's just the fashion and the nature of the way the game went. Uh, I didn't really feel like. Do you think, uh, yeah. Do you think maybe it's because over the last 10 years, We've come to realize that we need to appreciate good seasons and that finishing (laughs) in the final eight is a good season. Yeah, could be. Really could be, yeah. You know, because it's like my approach to all this, and you've got like – I've literally had a few cat fans like text me and 
basically try to be like, oh, you know, it's so great. The cats are in the semis and the Grizz suck again. And it's like, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah, like, true, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, we'd love to be still playing and awesome that you are. You know, nobody can take that away. But top, top eight, 10 wins, feeling good about next year. Like, I, I'm there. I don't know. What was it? I mean, playing off that as well, too. We even had comments like this on both Twitter and Egress from fans saying that, you know, the games, the excitement, you know, the cat game, the Eastern game, the Washington win, um, the pod, the player interactions, all this stuff like this, like, has actually, there was a specific post I saw where someone said, like, all these, everything going on right now had brought him or her, this individual, back in to more excitement around everything, uh, just because it's starting to feel more like it used to, and they just kind of appreciate what they had this year. Yeah. You know, someone told us on Twitter that um, this podcast helped them get back into Grizz football, <laughs> and that's awesome. You know, because like the three of us don't do this for any sort of real recognition. <laughs> we don't take ourselves that seriously, you know, even though I go pick fights on Twitter every now and then. <laughs> um, I, I mean, it could be any of us, well, guys. It could be any of us. But I mean, th- th- that's yeah. awesome because that's the whole reason we started this was, you know, we have buddies that talk. We would all constantly talk football. And it's like, let's do it, uh-huh. you know? So yeah. Yeah. I-, I hope that I hope that we can continue and harness that next year. <laughs> At its very best, college football is about uh, drinking beer or hanging <laughs> hanging out in a communal sense with allies, people you like. Yeah. You know, you're rooting for a squad. Um, you know, and that's what this is. Like, this would not be as much fun if it wasn't drinking beer with your friends. Oh, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like that's what it is to be a Grizz fan. Is yeah. you show up and you hang out with your friends and you have. It's fun. an event. You it's know, an it's event. like the. the the football game, the tailgating, the, the the fanmanship, the the having people care so much that they're proud about the attendance. You know that stuff's all awesome. Yeah. And people who like to knock it, it's because they've never been part of it. Right. You know. And it's like you look around at some of those other playoff games and the low attendance and stuff like that, and it's like this is awesome. And you know we've got some, you know we've got the Big Sky Podcast thread that we talk a lot of stuff with, and we were saying, me especially to him to all the cat fans in there get to the game because they don't all live in Bozeman. Right. But it's like the experiences like that don't come along as often as you think you got to jump on them. Yeah. And, um, you know, I feel like we are on the right track. I feel like we're, we're, we're getting back to there. I think that JMU, you know, just had more dudes than we did. I think that they Mm -hmm. were just better. And I think that for the last handful of years, it's been NDSU and JMU with a helping of South Dakota state as the top of the league. And I understand that Sam Houston won the asterisk spring season, but um, (laughs) you know, I, I, it's nothing to shake your head at. Yeah. We played the number two team in the country that has been to three of the last, what, five national championships. Mm -hmm. Won one of them has a $45 million athletics budget. <laughs> Holy shit. That's cr- that was so wild to hear they, that. Their students pay as much in fees, or or very close, like 90% in fees, to what our students pay in tuition. Holy cow. For And it's just an athletic fee. So I, let me say that again. Their athletic fee 
just to support athletics, not all the other fees wrapped in. But their athletics fee is like 90% of what the University of Montana's tuition is. Wow. Which is nuts. JMU's athletic fee for 2019 to 20 was $2,477. So it's probably even closer. Because I think like if you're if now, you're an in-state this is an older, you know. If you're 19. an in-state student, I feel like it's like 27, 2800 bucks uh per semester. And, and, so that's per semester. So, yeah, so an annual from jmu.edu shows 5178. Yeah. <laughs> One, I want to say uh that's obscene and two <laughs> You get a pretty damn good deal going to I was gonna say, the university. Could, yeah, people pay more for preschool than they do, or like kindergarten, or what? Uh, what about childcare, childcare than they do yep. for like tuition? <laughs> we we need to raise this tuition. Whoa, I would be on the record as saying we do not need to raise tuition. Uh, uh, that's fine. I'll we can we can have different opinions on this. <laughs> now, if we're talking about realtor association dues to weed people yeah. out, raise them. <laughs> Mike almost did that at our annual meeting. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh boy! Anything else on on the JMU game? Um, I'm just gonna miss some of the seniors, and yeah, I feel bad for some of the seniors who who either got hurt so early in the first game, in their last game, Cam and and Cam, but even more so for guys like Hicks Onu and Babros. What a pickup Hicks Onu was, and Babros a couple years ago too. But I mean, those guys battled and made this defense something special, and then weren't able to play their last game. I mean, that sucks. That really sucks. Yeah, as you look back, I mean, for Babaros and Nick Sonu, your last game then was that Eastern Washington game. So you awesome. just be like, "Hey, James Madison." <laughs> yeah, yeah, we played another game. And we no, lost but I mean, their last foot, memory you know? of so at least of, at least playing last a football game with the Grizz in Missoula. Yeah. You know, just an awesome atmosphere. They know the fans love them. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, Gavin Robertson transfers in, kind of one of the you know leaders and vocal guys, and and just stud back there at safety for all three years right yeah yeah and really you know the covid year he's been here for four i yeah. mean like it's funny to think of guys like both gavin <laughs> and true. robbie are transfers that's right they are um yeah along with a lot of others yeah. <laughs> because you know how he had to bring in a lot of transfers and that's the other thing to kind of think about like the senior class the guys who've been with the program their whole t- whole career are stiff recruits. Yeah, some Sammy of them would have come anyway. Conlon, like, yeah. guy like Jace, and um, Jace you know, he's he's going to come either way. But I mean, so a lot of these seniors are transfers, and so now we're getting into the point of of Hauk's tenure where it's like these are his dudes. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's I hope it's exciting to see it you know come together. Yep, I mean you f- you flip to the other side so. We had three seniors on the O-line at that James Madison game. Um, you know, Dylan Cook, who was a quarterback in high school, and then uh, moves all the way up to, you know, where he's at and was getting draft diamond in the rough <laughs> talk. And, and so Conlon Beaver, who played all, all four, four years. years. And then with that game, I mean, you know, obviously the loss. But – you got to play in front of his family because it's where he's from. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, uh, and I'm sure I know his family's probably been out to plenty of games here, but just to be able to go see your kid close to home had to have been pretty special for them. I mean, yeah, Conlon being a stit recruit and then having to play for Bob and then take over and just, I don't know, did he miss a game? Have we had, I mean, I don't know if we've had him miss a game for injury. They have to go back and look. I mean, I think he's won like the O lineman awards since Bobby's been here, like, 
mm-hmm. at least a couple years. And I mean, he anchored that squad. He, yeah. I, th- I thought he was fantastic this year. He had his best year this year, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of funny. It's like you you remember like little bits about guys and you know like Conlon that Southern Utah game where he got <laughs> the two personal fouls and the whole thing and was screaming and yelling at the ref. Obviously not his high point, but it's just, you kind of remember funny things about guys. Mm-hmm. The other guy that then you know you think of too is like Mo Mallory, as he's you know uh, finished up now and just how fun. He didn't do it so much this year, I noticed. But, but in 2019, when in he 2019, just, like, he just wanted guys. to play. He just wanted to like rub his stomach on guys, and it was like <laughs> all he wanted to do, and it was just hilarious. So <laughs> we're losing a lot of experience, and um, yeah. But the flip a side lot of that nasty is, on that O line. I'm yeah. excited to see, you know what what how can Cove recruit it? Yeah, you know, and can they step up? Well, and that's because we've heard this a lot from Bobby. And we hear this with recruits, you know, this kid's in. We want to throw this kid in the weight room for three years and see what we've got on the other side. And Colin Beaver and Dylan Cook and Moses Mallory were three guys that, uh, well, Conlon was here, and then Dylan transfers in, and so mm-hmm. does Mo. And so there's like, you guys are here, and you are going now because the guys that we, yep. our staff, is bringing in is doing the proverbial three years in the weight room. And so now this next year – Outside of, well, you know, AJ Forbes and Hunter McGinnis, and the other three guys are going to be, unless if another transfer comes in, which I'm sure we'll see a yeah, transfer probably, too. Yeah. But <clears throat> but it's like this O line and its depth is going to rely on these kids that how this staff has recruited, mm-hmm. thrown in the weight room for four years, three to four years, and see what they are on the other side. Mm-hmm. So big test, see where that's at. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I think that's going to be fun, and you know. Credit to Brent, you know, um, we got to replace a kicker. You know, Money Macias. Was, <sighs> yeah. We got to replace two kickers. I, did now. <laughs> you did you look that up? That I mean, I his percentage has got to be up there. I mean, he finished making up, what nineteen straight kicks. It was sub, let's see. I got our I got our stats up in front of me right he here. He just became money, and then fifty plus yards. Like, what did he end up with? Four over fifty in the last three weeks. Like, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, he 50, only had, he had two over fifty. Two over fifty. But he had. Um, uh, one, two, three, four, five more over forty since the NAU game. So yeah, he hadn't missed a game since missed a kick since East, the first Eastern Washington game. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was fun to see him. Yeah, I know they've got a young kicker that they're excited about. Twenty three, twenty seven. Um, Billings kid, right? Yeah, Billings kid, and they've got another kicker from I think Whitefish also on the roster. So. I mean, they've got some depth there, and they've got a punter from Kalispell. Yeah, they got a couple of kids. From so I mean, they, the you know, they're going to be some kids fighting for it. You know, yeah. um, uh, the Grizz didn't have a punter this year; that's been vacated. So, yeah. no, I'm just kidding. We really enjoyed Brian Bushini. We did. Person, <laughs> you know, he entered the transfer portal, and I can't say I'm surprised. Um, and I understand it, and more power to him. This is going to be a part of college football that we've got to get used to, but doesn't mean that it's fun. And I'm all for kids having choices, so it's one of those things you're conflicted on. But I hope it doesn't become a giant thing where we're just a feeding ground for yeah. bigger programs. Because Bushimi's first offer is from Nebraska, where mm-hmm. Trey went. Like, so it's within like, hours. So that. clearly some, somebody in the recruiting world of Nebraska is paying attention to Montana, you know? <laughs> like, Assholes. Yeah. Yeah? No. Stop listening to our podcast, guys. So, uh, Money Macias will finish tied fifth for the longest field goal. 
51 yards, joining Brody McKnight, Dan Carpenter, and Kirk Deuce. Um, Most attempts. See, this is all career. If you had told me, though, that at the beginning of the year, that he would get a 50-plus yarder and be fifth on the like. I would have said you're crazy because the beginning of the year it seemed like he struggled to make a 25 yarder. Right. Um, most made in one season. Chris Snyder kicked 25. Macias, I think, kicked 23. So if we got another game, he would have broke that field goal percentage. So the highest is Brandon Purdy, who was 28 for 34 with an 82.4 percent make rate, and. We were – what was I saying he was? I got to pull up these stats. I should have pulled some of this up early, right? 23 for 27. Quick look. What's 23 divided by 27? 82. It's 85%, oh, which God. makes Money Macias the new record holder for field goal percentage. Oh, my God. And I remember when you started that They better put that, Money Macias in the record book. Weeks ago, I was like, you are crazy. <laughs> this guy's not money. It's all he's done is kick, make field goals since you nicknamed him that. Mike rejects a bunch of our great ideas. I just want you guys to know this. <laughs> Out of hand. This is, the, the field goal percentage list, it's kind of wild. So Brandon Purdy's number one. Who do you think is number two? Brody McNine? No. Okay, good. Daniel Sullivan. Oh, I think I knew that. Who do you think is number three? Oh, I don't know. Tim Semenza. It's like funny because you think of like all the like – like you're like Chris Hepner or Chris Snyder, but it's interesting because Hepner it shows you that there's more than one yeah. criteria that you judge a kicker on. Because yeah. those guys, some of them, they obviously were they were good in the in the range they had, and the coaches just never pushed it further. Yes, but a lot of those guys aren't kicking 45, 50 yard field goals. Uh-huh. So yeah. yeah, then it goes uh, Dan Carpenter and Andy Larson share at seventy three point six. Brody McKnight. Um, then we yeah Chris Snyder's down there. Chris Hepner, Kirk Deuce. So. So Money Macias should uh, finish tops in the record book. Congrats, Money. Hey, do you fellas know what the Ray Guy Award is? It's the FBS it's Hunter, the Hunter Award, the right? God, you guys are nerds. Jesus. Oh, we saw. <laughs> okay. Continue. It's, it's relevant to today's conversation. If you had asked me yesterday that question, Luke, okay. I might not have known it. <laughs> Well, I was about to say... Doesn't your punter on um, NCAA 2012 always win the Ray Guy Award? I mean, that's, isn't that how Isn't they... that... A, who punts on in NCAA football? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, we'll never mind. You guys sh- shat on my point. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, no one cares about an FBS punter. <laughs> FBS fan bases don't come up with nicknames for their punters. Um, and no, the Ray Guy Award has existed since the year 2000, and I bet you y'all money you can't name another punter on that list. No, I can't. Yeah, And you're John, probably not John. wrong, but, I mean, it's one of those things where if there are more scouts in attendance at a regular Nebraska game, you're more likely to get noticed. God, I hate football right now. <laughs> Let's move on. Let's move on. All right. Um n- other playoff games, obviously, the Cats upset Sam Houston, dominated him, and good for them. Um, Butte's own Tommy Mallott had a great game. It's like Sam Houston didn't allow for the thought in their head that the Cats might pass the ball. And, they had no clue. And the Cats passed the ball. Um, a, a little. A little. <laughs> enough to do it. Like 7 of 11, was he, or something like that? 11 of 15? 7 of 14 or yeah. 13 or something, yeah. Um, Made plays was part of five touchdowns, so good for good for him, good for the Cats. Yeah, the trifecta. He caught um, one, he ran one, he threw you know, one. The 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 
the thing about it is like a lot of cat fans when the playoffs started we're talking about they got the easy draw. And now that it's played out that way, they're some of them are upset that people are pointing out they got the easy draw, but who cares? They beat the teams they got to beat. And even if Sam Houston was easy, they were the defending Asterix national champions. <laughs> yeah. And they didn't just pull out a win. Like they dominated. They kicked their so ass. Good for the cats. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. You know, good for them. And um I think the game this weekend is going to be very interesting. I think the Cats have a real good chance of winning and yeah, going so to the finals. I I don't think they have a chance to beat North Dakota State or JMU. I just don't. Um, but that being said, that's still a hell of a season. Um, Los- I, losing that brawl might have been the best damn thing that happened. Yeah. To him. <laughs> um, Nate has basically said that to us. Yeah. Um, I do think it's going to be interesting to now that it now that South Dakota State is going to have two full games of game film on Tommy Mallott, how they scheme the offense. Because mm-hmm. um, I don't think that Tommy Mallott is like there yet as a passer, even though he had a good game. So I think it's going to be interesting to watch. Yeah. Sam Houston's corner sucked. They, they were, were terrible. bad, bad. Yeah, um, terrible. But that said, they said their run defense was great and <clears throat> and that they were a tough physical team. And Cats punched them in the mouth fast, and Sam Houston had – yeah. No clue what. And I, I know that some people thought we were being glib when we tweeted it out, but I'm serious. Like, I Sam Houston State would not have won the Big Sky Conference. Not at I all. can tell you that. No. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm I'm super excited, especially for the Montana kids on yeah, the Montana State sure. roster. Yeah. Like, we were all technically Montanans first, <laughs> right before we chose our sides, <laughs> before we were Hatfields and McCoys and and stuff in this, but, um. I actually love that both the Grizzlies and the Cats are seem to be getting better and better over probably, you know, the last five, six years. Yeah. Maybe it's been this this ascent has been a little longer um for the cats. Right. But we're getting it feels like closer to actualizing the the opportunity to have a national championship game with both of us oh, which God. would be like, so exciting I could, not, no. I could not I would hate that <laughs> oh my gosh I'm so excited for that for that chance and all of the Montana boys like because Montana is essentially like the two degrees of Kevin Bacon we're all know each other or know someone sure. who knows someone like I want they call him touchdown Tommy it kind of makes me feels weird to say that but Tommy Malad I want him to do good I want all those Montana boys to do well and uh yeah you know then get absolutely railroaded in the <laughs> national championship game but I wanted to you know I wanted to show out and I think the their stadium is going to be raucous and fun and I think they're going to have an energy that South Dakota State uh is going to have to compete with now I'm okay with wanting the Montana boys to do well I'm not rooting for them Luke ah. oh Oh, really? God. I want him to play well. Okay. And almost by the transitive property of, like, if those Montana kids do well, the Cats do well, mm-hmm. sort of, it wouldn't upset me if they made the national championship game. It wouldn't bother me one bit. I see. I, I don't – it doesn't diminish the Grizz season to me. Exactly. And it's like if the Grizz were, like, out of the playoffs and – in fact, it almost amplifies our season. Had a season. crappy year, you know. If, if they go to the national championship game, um, like who's your one conference loss in in your national championship game run? The Montana. Grizz. <laughs> it's like, well, you know, I mean, it's like that'll be a fun banter for years. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, and and I just I really am I have pushed back against um, folks who are overly black and white uh-huh. on everything. They they like refuse to see nuance. I think it's a weird slippery slope, and I can't decide if like the importance of college football is so small in the scheme of things that I shouldn't care about black and white type people or if like this is the perfect place to be black and white on like you're supporting because <laughs> it means so little but they those people freak me out all right <laughs> <laughs> and at the end of the day all these cat boys and a lot of these cat fans are our neighbors and we love some of them and I want to see them do well oh, okay and then get railroaded in the natty <laughs> I, this game against South Dakota State is going to be an interesting one. It was pointed out to me, um, South Dakota State, if not for an insane Hail Mary, like a double-batted round Hail Mary touchdown loss to South Dakota, would have been a seed. is a seeded team. They probably would have had the cat seed or yeah. been right in there, right? They beat North Dakota State this year too. Um, they lost to you and I. Uh, they lost in overtime to Southern Illinois. I thought it was interesting. Uh, their loss to you and I was in South Dakota on a day they call Hobo Day. It was where everyone dresses up like, stomp spiders, like bombs that no. exists in a institution of higher learning in 2021. But it's the Dakotas, Mike. <laughs> it it's in, a different place. It began in 1907. It's called the Nightshirt Parade. Well, the night shirt parade is a whole different thing. And it's like right on their oh, website. I'm looking at this. But like, it's I was a like, great day. Right for here, it says it's like they lost Northern Iowa, and right under all caps, Hobo Day. I was like, wow, um, okay. But anyway, so I don't know. South Dakota State has played. They they had North Dakota State in South Dakota this year, but these guys have played at places with a similar ish environment that they might experience. Not this year. But then their playoff schedule, they host UC Davis, smoke them. They go to Sac State, and it's Sac State. Sac State doesn't have a crowd, right? What was their attendance for that game? Um, Minuscule. Yeah. They had uh, 10,000 people at the whole game. And they you know, they, they, they go up big and then hang on. And then they kind of put Villanova away pretty well. And But it's like they've played three games in a row now. Two and on the Villanova road. beat James Madison. And Villanova beat James Madison. So, uh, by virtue of James Bue's historic kicker missing two chip shot field goals. Um, I don't know. I think I see why the Cats are favored. I would not be surprised if they won the game. I think it's going to be a hell of a football game, honestly. So, are the Cats favored? Yeah, right now they are. Okay. There was uh, the five dimes odds came out. I think it had the Cats as a six-point favorite. Oh, wow. Because Parlay, Montana Parlay, was thinking the Cats would be underdogs at home. Unless if I'm reading this wrong, yeah. So, but in truth, I don't know how to bet it. Uh, I don't know either. I mean that. I'm also not a very sophisticated sports gambler, but like I could see it going either way. Well, it's like you look at okay, so Montana, we came off that Eastern Wash to win like cloud nine, like here we go, and then <laughs> go to James Madison, <laughs> we get beat pretty handily. Um, that that South. Uh, the Cats game against Sam Houston, they had two players go out with arms and slings, and they had Troy Anderson got dinged up, and they got a little bit more beat up in that game too. Obviously, they're coming in riding high, but 
how's team health, how they feel. And of course now South Dakota state lost their stud running back a week ago too. So, I mean, I don't know. Like at this point, everyone's beat up. And also I just don't know that. And I'm not saying Tommy Malott can't get there. I just can't imagine a competent team couldn't come up with a scheme that takes like a couple things away from him. And frankly, he only has a couple things. Yeah. Because making his third start, he's a freshman. It's not a knock on him. I think he's going to be a special player. <laughs> right. And, you know, maybe yeah. he proves that he continues to be a special player right now. I mean, he just went and quarterbacked his team to pick number one off. But I don't think it's going to be easy. I think it's going to be a hard-fought game. It's going to be a much tougher game. I do defense. think the Cats are going to win it, but I think it's going to be a hard-fought game. And, and I don't want to mention Tim Tebow twice in a podcast. Wow. But I, I feel like um, – I feel like a, someone upstairs wants me to. No, um, <laughs> <laughs> no. I feel. Do you remember that game, that playoff game he won against the Steelers, where he had yeah. like one completion overtime. Yeah. yeah, I feel like that's like Malat's ceiling <laughs> at this point in his career. But I mean, they've got the defense to do it, right? Yeah. No, that's what. A, that's what the Broncos had too. Yeah, it's gonna be a hell of a game. So should I go? Yes. Yeah. I'm going to be in Bozeman. You should not wear, wear maroon, your maroon. Though. You should not wear maroon. You don't think I should wear maroon? You're going to ge- get accosted. You know how many of these nice guys on Twitter said, come to our tailgate, we'll buy you beer? Yeah. Go ahead and just wear a neutral color. Wear, well, wear a plaid jacket. Wear some San Francisco How are they going to know I'm deserving of beer? What are you talking about? What do you mean? I mean, I want the free beer. You deserve beer because you're Mike F. Nugent. Yeah, I don't think that's going to work at the <laughs> cat tail game. You have to show up in a Grizz. Drop the GFP. See, see how they respond. Yeah. Yeah. Put, put it out there. <laughs> I'd wear a Grizz close. I, I mean, oh, man. Hot take no, no cat fan. And Parlay feel... are going to be there. So it's like, I feel like I should just find one of them. No cat fan is going to feel like. Well, I mean, you might hit a drunk asshole or two, but it's just like. Yeah. Dude. Like what? Like what are they gonna have? Oh, you blah blah blah. It's like, hey, like you guys lost to us. You're still playing football. You've got a national title berth on the line today. Like, why do you like, care? Why the fuck do you even care to talk shit to me? Like, Which have is a the beer, point we've go got crazy. To some people. And, and it doesn't matter. Uh, I've seen I've seen those guys. <laughs> <laughs> put, it, put it out on Twitter to the world, Brent. Should, should Mike go to the game? And if he goes to the game, should he wear Grizz stuff? All right. Okay. I think you should go for sure, though. All right. Um, the other semifinals, a damn good one. Um, North Dakota State took care of Eastern Tennessee. Um, of course, JMU beat the Grizz. So JMU goes to North Dakota State. I honestly don't know. I mean, North Dakota State's at home. They're the higher seed. Mm-hmm. I tend to give the benefit of the doubt to North Dakota State there. But, man, that game is going to be good. Yeah, I don't know how to bet that one either. I don't either. I mean, I'll pick North Dakota State because they're at home, but I I honestly don't know. Yeah, I, North Dakota State was kind of unimpressive against Eastern Tennessee. I mean, they just did what NDSU always does. They just kind of slowly pull away and just kind of lull you to sleep, and then you're suddenly down 20 points in the fourth quarter. But I thought, what was the – they won that game 27-3. to I feel like they were like 29 or 28. No, maybe not that big. They had a pretty big point spread favorite. Um, I just, yeah, that's an interesting one. Um, GMU on the road at home in North Dakota. The fascinating thing, especially following some of the message board chatter, apparently they're not like selling out their games, NDSU. Yeah. 
all all playoffs they haven't been. And their fans are kind of some of their online fans are like kind of freaking out about it because there's like this big rift in the fan base about moving up versus staying put and that there's been a lot of people have grown tired of the program at the FCS level and don't want to go anymore. Seemed kind of weird. I don't know. I think this James Madison team could beat them. Uh, just, uh, but it's North Dakota state, man. I, you know, and again, it's the same thing. It's like, it's going to be 13 to three in the third quarter. And NDSU is going to like scoop and score, and it's twenty to three, and that's probably your final score. Dude, I, I'd, I'd, I'm going to pick NDSU, but yeah, I'm going to pick JMU. I think Cole Johnson's the best quarterback at this level, and oh, better than Barry. Yeah, I think he's more deadly. He's more than polished. Barrier. Yeah, he's yeah. And Barry less, less throws of a, a, a polished isn't the right word, but less of a risk taker, I think. Yeah, right? Barry yeah. throws that deep ball like crazy. Um, he's really good at that. I think their their schemes are different, and it, it opens it up for him to do that. I think Cole Johnson is a guy who's intelligent enough to just take what the defense gives you, make yeah. the right throw, put it in the right window. Man, does he ever? And uh, and he can, and he'll take off and run the ball too at the right times. Yeah, I think he's the best quarterback. I think they've got the right skill players. Um, I think they're not going to have a hard time scoring on NDSU. Mm, yeah. And I do think um, I do think JMU's defense is good enough, maybe not to stop NDSU, but to at least uh, contain them just a little bit. That's, I just I don't know what NDSU's offense is. I think it's like mostly just grind it out and run. And so if exactly if like Cole Johnson can like do what he did to us, have a couple like big shot scores and NDSU is playing catch up. Yeah, suddenly they're down 21-7 in the third quarter or something. Like, can they do that? And this James Madison defense isn't bad. They're pretty decent. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I don't know. That's a good point. I'll I'll, I'll stick with NDSU. Hold but on. it is it is in the Fargo Dome. So that's also a huge so, But is it? Though? I'm going to pick is it? Shit. <laughs> I'm going to pick James Madison though. All right, I like it. All right. And then I can't wait to watch James Madison railroad <laughs> MSU. Whoever, yeah. You got it all planned out. Call, just cheer for the matchup. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> Early uh, results for should Mike uh, go to the game? And should he wear Grizz clothes? We're split 50-50. Uh, Jay Neistheimer says no and no. And Ryan Foley, whoever this character is, says go for it. <laughs> So. Ryan Foley, the R&R cast of the R&R cast, cast, cast. Is he being genuine on the second one, or does he want to see violence? He just says, go for it. Interesting. All right. Um, I know we're going to get to a lot of this stuff in our listener questions, so maybe instead of jumping into things like concerns about the offense, QB, team needs, coaching staff, um, uh, let's jump to listener questions. Before we do that, we had um, uh, some questions sent in by our friend Dylan, um, whose uh, uh, boss I helped prep go to the game. So um, you know, good, good there. Let's see if I can find him. And all right, so couple questions, and he wants us on the record for these. On the record. On the record. Um, and, you know, Luke has stepped out to go to the bathroom now, so, <laughs> I, you know, I need to get Luke on the record, too. 
Um, so before I jump to these, no, I'm I'm good. I'm not gonna go. I'm not gonna go where I was gonna go. Okay. So he <laughs> wants us. Your notes. <laughs> our buddy Dylan wants us on the record on these questions. He wants our biggest holes to fill due to due to transfers or graduations from yeah. each of us. Yeah. Um. And then he wants top three players we are looking forward to see next year. It can be mm. medical, it can be red shirts, medical or otherwise. Um, and then where does this offense go? Assuming we have new faces, QB, running back, and wide receiver. So this is a good segue to the question segment. So we'll start with the first one: biggest hole to fill due to transfers or graduation. Quarterback. Yeah, I mean, biggest hole to fill in the sense that I am on the record as not feeling like it was ever fully filled this year to begin with. And we don't have a clear-cut person coming into it. So, yeah, yeah. QB is the biggest one. If you if you step off the QB side of things, I would say linemen and DBs are probably yeah. our two biggest holes. To yeah, a great quarterback. I think O-line is probably that second spot. And like we were saying earlier, they might just have the guys. It's just we're going to be elevating – three guys or have probably starting three guys that might not have say Brandon Casey, who started the Northern Colorado game that have no starts and experience really. So doesn't mean they're going to be bad, but yeah, I actually think it goes for me quarterback O line and then wide receiver, wide receiver. Good on. Yeah. And it's not that we don't have skill there, but like I think about the, the returners and clearly Ben Roberts is, is, not Ben. Mitch. Fuck. Sorry. <laughs> Luke and I never would get this wrong until Brent would bring it up. Yeah, you, you hey, incepted hey, I caught this it. into I my head. Thank you. You spoke it into, <laughs> yeah. the world, into the world universe here. Into Mitch. Mitch is obviously a, a quality Big Sky Conference like wide receiver. He's dependable. I want him. Yes. He's not your put him on the outside number one. No. Um, we're going to want Bergen to get north of 10 touches a game. Yeah. For the rest of his career here, <laughs> yeah. but he's not that. Put him on the outside, and you know, make a play like Torre was, or no, he's a legitimate slot weapon, and yeah. he's one of my three. I'll let you and, and we're gonna have Solser back. That's great. We would love to see more improvements from Flowers and Keelan White and stuff. Um, you know, and those are five guys that like have the abilities to make impacts at this level, but I just don't think we have someone. Uh, we never obviously replaced Torrey hard ask and we need to yeah, replace a sure. cam. And yeah. so I, I think like that's critical. We need a dude to pair with Roberts. Who's a possession. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, they threw it downfield to him a couple times, like at Idaho and stuff like that, but, and, and I like, a, oh, go ahead. No, Dan. you got it. You got it. I was going to say, I like at the cornerback position. We have, um, Atzush, Acho, Acho, so. Acho yep. so Corbin Walker played more down the stretch. Special teams player of the year, Gradney, right? Trevin Gradney. Gradney, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm excited, excited to see him. And then the Dylan Simonson, Simmons, hmm. I forget his name, but his father played in the league. This guy was like a national champion, um, football and baseball. Oh, yeah. Super smart kid. Yeah. Like, cool. I think he's going to play. Um, He's going to get a lot of reps next year. So I think you always want awesome corners, but I actually think we're pretty loaded. Like might be the first year we've ever been able to like eat a loss as, as <laughs> yeah, like big as Omar Hicks only. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm with you. I just say additionally, like I'm looking forward to having 
hopefully a healthy Marcus Knight and Nick Osmo yeah. back because <laughs> it's just like we talked about this enough. This Grizz team this year became one-dimensional, and it's it's not like a knock on Junior Bergen and Xavier Harris. They did way more than they were expected to, and they did it as good as they could have. Um, but if you defensively plan like James Madison for the Grizz, it's like get him in third and long, hit the quarterback – and disrupt that passing game, and they're not going to score a lot of points, you will win the game. And so if you have that running component back that um, Marcus and Nick bring, and it's not to knock Xavier or um, Isaiah, because we'll see them in years to come, um, it just rounds out this team so much better, and it's going to make whoever our starting quarterback's job is much easier. I think that, <laughs> much easier. And, you know, we had the former player send us that question last week kind of about that. And it's the most, it's, it's maybe the least under understood symptom or, or cause of our um, offensive struggles this year in our fan base. And maybe we didn't do a very good job of explaining it on the pod throughout the year, but it's like not having a veteran running back to lead a running game, especially with the QB who's not, top of the conference level made a difference. Yeah, I, I think we're going to be surprised about how fun it is to watch Marcus Knight <laughs> run next year. We're like, holy shit, there's you know, a difference. Th- I, I'll be interested to see how the running back room looks too because they also have a freshman running back from Minnesota who's committed to him. I'll be very interested to see if he signs on Wednesday. I can't remember his name right now, but they've been high on him. Yeah, he and he was he was kind of an early, early, commit. early commit and then um, won a whole bunch of awards, right, statewide yeah. awards and stuff, yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, and in hindsight, which is kind of the way the season played out with everyone talking about, oh, are we going to see Marcus Knight? Will they play him in the playoffs? I think in the long run of things, obviously, if he was healthy and ready to go, they would have used him because he could have maintained his medical redshirt. But kind of the way the season went, I don't think a healthy Marcus Knight makes a difference in that James Madison game. And so just making sure No, but sure it might that, make a difference in Sac State to not get us in that but situation. He, but he wouldn't have been ready by that point. No, I mean, if he had been hurt, if he hadn't been hurt. Yeah, I'm hurt. just saying, like, as you look at this, like, could he have gone? Was he, like, could a 75 or 80% Marcus Knight could have helped us once the playoffs hit? Still with it, you know, the ACL repair. Uh, in hindsight, I mean, I don't think it would have made the difference. And so we're going to have a full speed, fully healthy, ready to go Marcus Knight for the next season. And uh, it's going to be good. So, yeah. Um, so, top three players I'm looking forward to see. I mean, obviously, those guys. I want to see Bergen in a true slot because I think yeah. that's going to be exciting. And I want to see how he pairs with Sulcer in that type of position. And, you know, going four wide with both those dudes in the slot. And it's like, well, what do we do with that? Um, so that could be fun. Um, I want to see whoever starts at QB. I, you know, I'm <laughs> yeah. fascinated by that. I think it's the most wide open. I can remember this job being at the end of a season in a long time, long time. Um, I mean, maybe the year Stitt was hired, I mean, yeah. we didn't necessarily know that Brady was going to be the guy, but Stitt immediately made Brady the guy. I don't That's know. That's right, yeah. Um, so hard to say there. But it's going to be – that's going to be fun to watch. Um, excited to see Marcus Knight back. Yeah. And, I, you know, I, I want to see how the DBs shake out. So we've got, you know, losing a losing um, Robertson in the safeties group room, 
who's in Hicksonu in the cube cornerback room, yep. and how they go. All right. So his last question was, where does this offense go, assuming we have new faces at QB running back and wide receiver? I don't know the answer to this question. I will tell you where I think it needs to go, and I think it needs to get more creative. Like, yeah, I feel, and we've talked about this, Like, I feel like our offense was more creative when they had Snead because they trusted him more. And I think that's a very normal reaction. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the flip side is it, it just feels like we there wasn't much creativity to try and scheme our guys into certain successful positions with what we had on the field. Sure, sure. I think it's got to get better, though, because, I, I mean, with the talent we have on the team, I don't know that our offensive performance can get worse knock on wood i mean they 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 looked good last few games james madison just thrown out but before that they went on a stretch of just putrid putrid yeah, offensive. Yeah. yeah with the the notion of sulcer um bergen and perhaps malik flowers guys that you could just get really creative with in the slot yeah you know, we have these tools to be creative. Right. And I, I, I like what your answer there. I think it'd be fun to find some new wrinkles to get those guys' balls um, in the open field. I think what makes that easier is a, is a guy who can stretch the field. Because you saw, like, a lot w- at the beginning of this JMU game, like Cam hit Bergen down in, out in the flat, you know, and, you know, he was kicking it down. Yeah cornerbacks weren't there because they were running deep with our receivers like i'm like oh this is a this is a cool offense and cam's recognizing where the play is going to go yep. and we need whoever the the next quarterback is can have that skill here's kind of an interesting thing i think both of us uh the three of us can kind of uh look at it in this sense because both our nfl teams that we cheer for run kind of a diverse offense that can sometimes in the 49ers case, maybe kind of gloss over a non a plus quarterback where they have a stable of running backs, um, a couple burners mm-hmm. and a couple slot guys that you can get incredibly creative with. Right. Uh, green Bay Packers who LaFleur was with Shanahan as well. Um, at some point, right. They yeah. were together. Yeah. We've got, <clears throat> A big bruiser running back. We've got kind of your, you know, pass catching, get all up and all over the field. Like turbo backs. Yeah. You know, now they've got Devontae Adams. I don't know who this Devontae Adams is for <laughs> the Grizz next year. But, you know, <laughs> There's I, a, I, I don't know if we've a got drop it. down. It's He's just, a true yeah. drop down. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, um, but it's just Devontae like, Adams has entered the transfer but portal. It, yeah. But it's like, you know, it's like, so, so like the, the Packers and 49ers offense both. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> both use both basically rely on like this like real kind of like a lot of motion, a lot of movement, a lot of using your slot guys in a lot of different ways, and kind of a stable of running backs. It's like that's what this Montana team is going to have next year. Yeah. But you talk about that creativity side, and it was interesting because like especially from the cat game, the Eastern game, and until Cam went down, kind of the attempts that we saw. Well, it still continued with Robbie Patterson still even there. The Grizz offense was doing that too. Like you're seeing a lot more motion and just like a lot more use of a lot of those type type of things. So maybe that's something they're building to. But it's like you gotta just go. Like you have to. You can't just sit on like a creative offense until the last three games of the season. So I don't know. It could be something where and they the, can roll that out. That's a good point because it's like 
the last three games, it kind of was like, well, where has this been? Where the hell has this been? <laughs> like, and it's like, you're veteran guys. And that's why it's like, there's a question about coaching staff and stuff like that. And it's like, you know, we've got a very veteran staff. And I think that there's a couple guys could decide to move on for different reasons or maybe not. But if they do, people are throwing out names from the past. And it's like, no, we need to inject some youth into that. You don't want, you don't want fantasy here? No. <laughs> you can put the past away. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> um All right, last question on this front. Are we taking a step forward next year holding neutral or declining? Well. So I could see it two ways. I think a more balanced Grizz with a healthy stable of running backs stands an excellent chance to take a big step forward. I think, as has been pointed out frequently, Montana's conference schedule next year mm. is fucking murder. <laughs> if the teams that are good this year are good next year again, because we play. Yeah, Chad Dundas tweeted us. Oh again my today god! About this. Oh like, my god, Chad! Thanks for like yeah. we we play like <laughs> thanks Sac- for kicking me when I'm down. We, we we like go Sacramento with like at Sac at Weber versus Polly like versus Eastern at Cats. Like yeah. that's our last five. And and you think the, and you think Polly with Bo Baldwin they're gonna they'll just be, keep getting better they'll be a little better yeah they'll be a little better they're yeah. still gonna be dog shit so it's just they're, like they're gonna be better it's like uh, uh, yeah so it's like our you know my counter to that is that's a perfect end of the season schedule to cement a top two seed absolutely and that was like something that I had tweeted after that James Madison game was just like the importance of home field mm-hmm. and having you know perfect world of top two or a top four seed that can ensure you at least two home games. And you go on that murderer's row of those five games, and you come out of that stretch five and zero. Oh, you're a top four seed. Yep. Yeah, you earned it. So Montana has the complete opportunity to earn it on the field. Can they? We'll have to see. But uh, yeah, I wish just one year we could get a Sac State schedule. You know, right. where we just like. Don't play. Oh, dude, that'd make me nervous though. Because <laughs> like, I, I wouldn't know like, what okay. our. <laughs> it's like you got, you got Polly. Let's see, how, what, how many games you play conference? Is it eight or is it seven? So we go eight. seven, seven. So we go Polly. No, po- Give me Polly, Portland, NAU, Northern Colorado, Idaho State, <laughs> Idaho. And cats, <laughs> and then you beat the cats, and you're like, "We're undefeated <laughs> in our big wins against the cats." <laughs> Book it. <laughs> so now, and then, oh, South be, Dakota, be, and, then, and then South Dakota State rolls in the next round, kicks the shit out because we haven't played any good so football teams. <laughs> I don't want that schedule. <laughs> I'd rather have the tough schedule because then you're much more battle tested. Actually, that's the fascinating thing about this playoffs because it's like, um, well, there you go. The 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 cakewalk schedule, Sac State wins the conference, gets a four seed, and the battle tested team, South Dakota State, comes in and beats yeah. so, Sam Houston. The cake schedule, yeah, gets upset. Still, I mean, I just there's there's a power of home field that Washington Grizzly has that Hornet Stadium does not have, you know. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> so you know, just that's that's what we got to do to get back. So can they? It's I think quarterback's going to be the, the quarterback and O line is going to be the key point. We'll see. Who is Indiana State? Larry Bird School? Yeah, I got a, I got the, a Larry Bird jersey. Go to Indiana State. 
Not next year. Yeah. They're, no, no, no. They no. host Northwestern State. No, you're in the wrong one. They host South Dakota State. Not State. Or South Dakota. And then they're at Indiana State. No shit. And bitch, I am not in the wrong one. Did they, <laughs> they sneak that in there? Terre Haute. Terre Haute. Haslam, what I are you am doing? on the gogris.com 2022 right. football season. Terre Haute, Indiana, baby. You know, I believe that, that Ryan Martin does a lot of the scheduling, and he lives down the street, so we should probably just, just, we just knock on his door. Hey, yeah. <laughs> okay. hey we've got scheduling 10, questions. 19, go get him. <laughs> yeah, I found, a, I found an illicit, actually my buddy Jim found an illicit uh, jersey dealer on eBay <laughs> yeah, those are the best. from no. China. Oh, God. And I got it's a... It's like half my Packer jersey collection. Yeah, I got a dope Larry Bird jersey from Indiana State. I can't wait for the summer. I'm going to show it off. <laughs> I'm as white as Larry, so this is oh, great. Oh, Lord. Our but... bye week's early again, too, isn't it? No, it's mid-October. Yeah. Better than it was last year. Yeah. Whew. All right. Okay. Okay. Questions. Let's do it. Let me pull up where we're at. and I got eagers up. You want me to fire through sure. these? So uh, the question we'd ask James, Wolf777, was just what was your uh, favorite thing about this season? A play, a game, a player, or an experience? I mean, I think the bookends of the season, like beating UW was awesome. Yeah. Well, no, getting that interception, it was like, holy shit, we're going to do this. Yeah. was awesome. Um, then those back-to-back home games with the Cats at Eastern, just the stadium rocking. Yeah. Those were great. Yeah, I'm with you there. I think the Cats and Eastern, too, just the, I mean, it just, it, the stadium felt like something we hadn't seen in a super long time. Um, cat game was special to me. My, my daughter was with me, and we had a blast, and she laughed her ass off at me. And so just to have that new experience, and the other time she's come with me, <laughs> girls have lost. So I've never told her she's a bad omen, and she's not anymore. So she's in the cell. No, 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 it's a joke. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you, though, Mike. Yeah, the, the Washington... Yeah, just I, I don't between that cat and the Eastern game. I don't know if there's been two back-to-back games like that in over a decade. Not that, that I there's can been call. just you've just had so much fun in the stadium. So yeah, yeah, yeah cat game that was the best. I, I needed that. It was cathartic for me. Yeah. yeah. Mind you, the football could be fun. <laughs> All right, Brewski's ass. After the 2019 season, it was clear that we needed to shore up our secondary. So coaching staff went out and they got in. They brought in Cotton, Hicksonu, Justin Ford, as well as a new cornerbacks coach in Ronnie Bradford, uh, instantly creating arguably arguably the best cornerback depth chart in the Big Sky and one of the better ones nationally. Uh, after this season's struggles on offense, do you think similarly similarly drastic actions are necessary on the offense to improve our chances for a deeper playoff run? Uh, for the record, I'm high on Daniel Britt, but it's pretty clear that you need more than one QB in your roster that you can move the ball and score points? I think the short answer is yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm excited about Daniel Britt because as listeners who've been dedicated to this pod for more than, you know, four episodes know, I'm always excited about the young QBs. Yes. Um, Mike loves the backups. I love the backup QBs. Um, Mike loves dramas. Because I, <laughs> I am searching for that young guy to come in and win the job and blow away the program. Because, you know, it seems like other big sky schools get those, and we haven't in a long time. That being said, we cannot go into next season, even if Britt wins the job in camp, like, he's got to have legitimate competition. Like, we can't go into next season with 
our thoughts solely resting on redshirt freshman right Danny Britt yeah. you know scout team player of the year winning the job like we we need more depth no. in that QB room so yeah. yeah I mean two three I don't know how you get three guys to transfer in the QB because you know they're divas and they're not going to want to compete with each other but uh, we need people we'll have to see yeah Luke, uh, Info is wondering, um, who do you know is rumored to be entering the transfer portal? <laughs> who do I know? Interesting. Right at Luke, huh? <laughs> no, no. I just oh, shit. Like, is there something I don't campus? know, Luke? No, no, no. Are you hacking in anything? I can't imagine campus? if anyone knows any, like, actual be like, yeah, this guy's going. How oh, yeah. awesome would it be if, like, in many of, one of the many mysterious things about Luke Alfred that we don't know it turns out that he's the guy that actually enters the names into the portal. <laughs> I've, I've been deep into that portal all day, baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did you see there was a 45-second clip with Sean Rainey and Bobby today? Um, uh, yeah, Luke was showing that to me before you got whoo, here. Yeah. Um, you should pull that up. I think we, I think we're okay to play that. Yeah. Because um, it was uh, – he's got thoughts. Imagine that. Coach Howe no has thoughts. Coach and uh, has thoughts on transfer portal. They are um, – they're about what you guys would expect them they're, to they're be. They're clear. They're succinct. And there's uh, <laughs> there's no hidden meanings behind okay, them. Okay, let's, let's give appropriate credit to where this audio is yeah, coming from. This is from the Coach's Show um, on ABC Fox. Sean Rainey hosts it. This is coming from Sean's Twitter feed. Yep. Yep, pulling it right off of Sean's We'll feed. share it on that. And so yeah, Sean's a good – a good follow, and you should all go check him out. He's been on this pod. All right, Brent, let me know about the volume on this. Go ahead and hit it, yeah. Well, we're going to recruit our guys again. They don't want to be here. They can get out. Uh, I don't think that there's going to be a, a mass exodus out of our program because this is this is the greatest college town in America. We have a great football environment. We have a great team um, unity uh, and, and a great team to be a part of, so we aren't going to have a bunch of guys leave. Um, Usually the guys that want out are guys that ought to go. And uh, we have a strong team, so I, I don't worry about that. But I do think in terms of the transfer piece, in this day and age, the way the rules have now been foisted upon us, that you have to participate in bringing a few guys in. So it's no different than going the JC route in the old days. So there you have it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> You know, I, I think like it's there's something to buying into a team, and there's something to saying like, "Hey, we got each other's backs, no matter what." Um, and that's sort of the atmosphere, that's the community that Bobby's trying to build, and I think a lot of coaches try to build, and some people take it more seriously than others. But when you're in the trenches, I mean, I really think you have to lean on each other, and you have to have trust. Uh, and you all have to buy into the same message. And if if you can get an entire team of of dudes to do that, or you know players to do that, I think the same is true for for women's sports. Um, but just you know, I don't know. Yeah. We're talking about good football here. But <laughs> I think if you can get this, you can build a culture like that. You know, the the group can be much bigger than the individual. Yeah. And I, I think every coach knows that. So he's saying. That's what we have here, mm-hmm. and if you don't want to be a part of it, that's fine. Yeah, move on. We got we we'll pull in people who want to be a part of this culture, and we're, we're going to do well. Yep. I also think that guys have to be careful entering the portal because I think for a lot of them it's fool's gold. Like mm. 
there's a lot that goes into being a starter and being a star on a football team, right? Yep. You know, it's you've got, you got to be a system that supports your skills. You know, you've got to have won the job and have coaches that believe in you. And you know, even if you your skills are transferable, there's no guarantee that the 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 system you're going to is going to highlight you like you think. And and here's the thing: like we all see, like Samari Torre went to Nebraska and had a great season. He was the best wide receiver on that team. Yep. He showed out and he proved himself against a next level of DB. Yep. He helped himself. But for every Samari Torre, there is a dozen kids. Yeah, and there's that some... that, f- that fail for not maybe even their own talent reasons, but for like you said, one reason or another. And when it fails, when it doesn't when the fit isn't right, I get nervous because um just from you know what I do professionally on campus uh transfer situations are complex mm-hmm. and it hurts their ability to graduate on time and that is an like inextricable part of being a student athlete is the education piece and it's hard to graduate on time and or even graduate if you transfer late in your career because schools don't articulate their classes with one another well. It's complicated. Mm-hmm. So when it fails, it oftentimes fails on the academic end. And then what the hell are we doing? Yeah. It's a problem. Yeah. And it's like yeah. you can take the Big Sky Conference of, of the recent past and find people. Like Gage Gabrud was the QB before uh, Eric Berry at Eastern. Yeah. And he transferred to Washington State. And I don't think he saw the field. Nope. Um, Dakota Prukop left uh, the Cats and went to Oregon, Oregon. started a couple games, but lost his job to Justin Herbert. Um, You know, like Vernon Adams, you could argue was a success. I mean, he did pretty well, and he went to the CFL. Got to the CFL. He he didn't have the size to be an NFL QB. Um, But for all those guys, there's a lot that, you know, turn to nothing. So I I just think you get discovered at this freaking level and you got to be careful like you wonder who's in coaches or who's in players ears because coaches can't recruit each other but like in college basketball for years the aau circuit's been the recruiting yeah where it's like if brint is the you know head coach at a major college basketball program he's the mac daddy the mac daddy you know he can't talk to a player but luke was a player's aau coach there ain't no rule against that right Mm -hmm. so it's like hey luke you know um, at at you know State University, we've we're gonna need a point guard next year. Do you know anybody who fits the skills that we're looking for? Who'd be you know out there? You should you you should kind of let them know we're looking, and then that's how that starts. Yep. And like you know, Bushimi getting a an offer from Nebraska the same day he entered the transfer portal. I'm not gonna say there was any funny business there because there's not, but there's no way that. Bushimi two hours after he, he kicks with a coaching group it's called like one-on-one kicking or something like that and I mean there is a director of recruiting and scouting in this group and you can't tell me that that guy doesn't have contacts all across football and has been telling people like hey I've got a stud punter who's about to win FCS punter of the year who's going to enter the portal and be ready 
You know? And, and Nebraska needs punting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nebraska, are you like Scott Frost? Oh, is like, yep. Lord. <laughs> we need That's better punting. The, I don't know if all there's a problems, Nebraska the, the Husker fan podcast, but right now when they're talking HFP. about key transfers, they're like, we need a damn punter. <laughs> <laughs> and they're gonna, they, they just offered a good one. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, okay. Done with so, that. Speaking of uh, transfer portal, Northern Colorado has seven guys in the portal, and according to the Denver Gazette, they have as many as 29 that are considering entering the portal. Whoa. Mostly on offense. offense. Did you see Northern Colorado's offense this year? It's bad. I mean, you want to talk about lack of creativity. Northern Colorado's offense makes what Montana ran this year look like the freaking, well, I mean, the 49ers. 49ers, I mean, easy easy come, easy go, baby. They they thought they were going to get a bunch of transfers. And compete at the Big Sky Conference. Uh, I have just zero problem seeing McCaffrey circle. Steamroll everyone. <laughs> but, you know, I think they got a new football field out of that deal, yeah, right? Like, I think he paid for it, I'm sure. Yeah, they got turf now. Yeah, Northern Colorado is cool with this. Maybe he'll come to media day this summer. <laughs> zero chance. Uh, he doesn't want to answer questions. <laughs> it's like, Coulter who? <laughs> uh, Grizzly Ordigger just wants to just say he's still bitter about our seating. We are, too. Uh, so 503 Grizz is asking, what can we expect from the GFP in this offseason? Would you, know, you guys keep uh, uh, keep us around uh, semi-regularly topics? And 503 offers some some topics. Grizzly basketball, classic game topics. Guests such as Schmidt, Palmer, Riley, Bobby, maybe a call-in from Mike's good friend Joe Glenn. <laughs> a Missoula beer episode. And an episode Michael dedicated Trump to James's winter conditioning. <laughs> <laughs> well, a couple things. Um, if we could figure out the details, we're going to do some sort of weight loss challenge. So we got to figure that out. Yeah. And my be saying it out loud kind of puts pressure on us. It does. But that's a goal of ours. Now that we all have put on some weight over the tailgating season. All right. Some. I, COVID. I'm still in my COVID. In COVID. Yes. Yeah. Like, I haven't lost my COVID <laughs> weight yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're, we're gonna we're gonna touch base about some details, maybe about yeah, uh, 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 working on something kind of cool. GFP wide, yeah. where fans can participate. Weight loss challenge to, we, after the holidays. We'd love to tie it in with the GSA on some level or QB club to yep. just do a little bit of fundraising. And and we think we've got some of the athletic department guys Sounds on board good. for a challenge, but we won't out them just yet. But we've talked to them and they seem excited about it. So we just got to figure out how that works. So that's one thing. Um, um, I I texted Riley tonight uh, to confirm (laughs) what I'm about to say. Um, But, but we're going to have Riley on at some point in the next four weeks, I would say to talk about just the season wrap up and highs and lows and kind of some of this stuff. And also a little bit of Grizz basketball and, and you know, some of that stuff because he enjoys coming on and we enjoy having him. Yep. Um, at some point this off season, I think we are going to have Kent Haslam on the pod, which is um, going to be fascinating. And when that is and what that looks like, we haven't worked out yet, but um, I have Kent Haslam's cell phone number now. So <laughs> we're going to, we're going to get him on the pod. I can't wait. Kent was a NCAA athlete himself. Yeah. He played baseball. That's and, right. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. He's a super nice guy, interesting dude, and I'm excited to uh, have a conversation with him and, you know, try to peer pressure Kent into having a beer with us. That's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. um, he's Kent, now not going to come Kent doesn't if Luke drink, is there. Kent doesn't drink beer. But 
Um, I'll have uh, all of his beers, I promise. Perfect. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> um, but the other thing is kind of interesting is he sits on the committee. The playoff committee. The playoff committee. And there's a good question in the in the yeah. Twitter questions, I think. Yep, yep. Um, Somewhere in here, yeah. That I think we can answer, but it's worth asking him when he's on, is do we actually think it's in our best interest to have an athletic director from one of the schools in the big side that makes the playoffs be on the committee yeah. because they have to leave the room during seating if they're eligible for a seed. And does that, you know, hurt our chances? So I'll just dovetail right. It's on Egris. Maybe it was on Twitter as well. Uh, so Gris till I die asked that and says, should Kent Haslam step down from the selection committee? Uh, after seeing our draw this year, I'm convinced that having Haslam on the committee is bad for the Grizz and the big sky. Uh, now, this is you know not our opinion. This is what Grace Till I Die says. But uh, if we continually find ourselves in the seating conversation, which they believe they will, then there will be no one advocating for us if we find ourselves on the bubble for a top four seed. The rest of the big sky would also benefit from this as Eastern was deprived of a seed. And despite the Cats' favorable draw, we're more deserving of better than a number eight seed. <clears throat> An AD from one of the... Uh, shitty schools like Northern Colorado or Portland State would allow the Big Sky con- to continually have a rep in the room during seating conversation and prevent East Coast bias, as was evidenced with the Big Sky and the Missouri Valley, uh, which um, had six teams in the field and only one sealed seated. Um, I, I I think that the simple answer is no. Like it, it would never, in my mind, make sense not to have our guy on that committee. Yeah, but. It seems flawed, and I get the whole argument of like you can't be in the room when your team is being discussed. But right. it's like for him to not be able to be in the room when the whole seating is discussed, yeah, is kind of crap because that sets the whole tone for the tournament. Um, but it's just one of many things I feel are broken about the right. FCS playoff system. Because I also want to talk ask about regionalization. Also, the the premise presumes like a little chicanery, like, oh, people are going to be biased and whatnot. And I think they are, which, so if we know there's bias, some chicanery, maybe some like wink and nod situations happening, guess what? We want our guy on the freaking committee, like maybe like in the mix on that stuff. If you presume there's some chicanery. Mm-hmm. I, I, I love it. I mean, it works for us either way. Maybe it is up and up, and maybe there's no chicanery, then there's no harm. But if so there is a little bit... like Yeah, and to your point, like if there's... You know, he's not in the room when they're talking seeds, but they meet a few times during the season. They communicate regularly. And it's like, I feel like that committee's better off getting a Grizz game update every week before the meeting starts. Right. You know... Oh, we had twenty four thousand people in our state, and then some teams are like, "Jesus, that's like half of our season attendance, <laughs> or more, or more." <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, Grizz Texas is wondering if we expect oh, I, I, what? we weren't done answering that question. Oh, I apologize. Um, there uh, was a pause. Other I was just jumping into other um, things that might happen in the Tumble off season. Vision. We're not going to commit to doing regular regular pods. I think we just know each other enough. Every that- Monday. No. Yeah. yeah. Well, we we have a scheduling issue. That <laughs> so you guys have wives that so, might be object. So <laughs> Luke and Brent are going to have to battle it out with uh, Gwen Jones and the other people on city council to figure out who's going to win the Monday night um, yeah. scheduling time slot. Oh. Um, 
a letter uh, writing campaign to Gwen. Narrator, I think it's going to be city council. So yeah. we're going to have to figure out our scheduling. Um, but uh, a couple other things. Day uh, um, Day Martin on yeah. Twitter. What's come on? Good, good follower for recruiting stuff. And he offered to come on after the spring or the late winter signing day. Perfect. And, and I think that's great. You know, maybe we get him and maybe we get one of the media guys too. I don't know. And we just have fun with kind of talking about who the Grizz signed. Yeah. So I think we'll see that. Um, and I think we'll see a few kind of random interviews with people you might like. So we'll have fun. No guarantees on how often, but could be two episodes until between now and uh, next football season, or it could be more. I mean, we got, you look at it like we've got, we'll have a little bit of basketball to talk about. Mm-hmm. And then before you know it, it's going to be. Who knows what the spring looks like if they have – we haven't heard anything. So it's tough to say if they're going to have a game or two like they God, did. It would be so cool if they could have a game. Even if it's just one. you know. So yeah. we'll, we'll have a bit of spring football to talk about. Um, I mean, yeah. we have basketball to talk about tonight. The Grizz faced the Beat vaunted S-A-G-U-A-I-C. My buddy – my. No, so someone dropped by my office today, and they said, "What are the Grizz trying to do? Like get the auto bid from the Christian League?" <laughs> this is a Christian school, Albaline Christian Yellowstone. I mean, <laughs> interesting. Oh boy. Oh man. All right, are we done with that topic? I think so. James's winter conditioning. Working on it. All right. Oh boy. That was one of the topics they wanted to know. Um, there was also one requested where Luke, you narrate one. With our wives, I don't know if it's. Hey, I'm down for this. Yeah, I would totally do a podcast uh, with your wives. <laughs> what on earth are you guys going to talk about? Uh, you're going to have to tune in to find out. Mike. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Uh, okay, Grizz Texas was asking if we expect any current coaching staff to leave for greener pastures or other opportunities. I mean, it's hard to say. We've got a pretty veteran coaching staff. A guy like Bradford, maybe. Could go, or maybe he likes it here. You know, yeah. that's complete speculation. You know, we've got some guys like Kent and Rosie and, and even Pease, like some guys who've been in the business for a long time. You know, at some point, some of these guys are going to decide they don't want to coach anymore. Um, hopefully not anytime soon, but... And there are active rumors about, like... Yeah, supposedly Pease is a is a candidate in Idaho. Yeah, football scoop said he was, um, yeah. You know, our sources at another podcast that follows that institution don't think that he will be the higher but nonetheless he's out there um you know and there's also some younger guys like shan's been around for a long time and he's probably a guy like shan is maybe due for a little bit more responsibility i don't know see what happens yeah we'll see all right oh wrong tab okay um I think GrizzFan406 was kind of asking thoughts on the other side of the bracket, the targeting calls, things like that. Transfer portal. I think we covered all those. Okay. Okay. Rate the recruit. No, there's more. Oh, boy. <laughs> Sorry, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> um, rate the recruiting class of 2016. So I look, went back and looked it up. It's terrible. Samari Toure. Ray Green. Running back. Yeah. Thane Jackson, Ashton Torres, Samuel Akem, yeah. Darian Nash, Caleb Mitchell, Dylan Eckmeyer, Brennan Corbin, Noah Gerald, Josh Egbo. Your Gavin, inflection was great on that one. I, I, did he even show up? I don't even. 
Every time he's yeah, okay, whatever. Randy Rodriguez, Brant Davidson, James Holman, and Austin Carver. Now this is just on uh twenty four seven sports. This might not be Everybody. Montana kids. Yeah, this looks like it's just like rivals related. Yeah. You know, the one that sticks out to me there was... Because wouldn't Jace have been in that class too? Let me find this. Yeah, this this just looks like... But either way, it's there's not many of them left is the point that I'm making. Yeah. The ones that are left are good dudes. The, the one that stands out to me was Thane Jackson, who had an injury and he just decided... Right? Yeah. Like, I and was, people I were... Know, he, he was, was the, like a... The highest people star were, recruit yeah, that we've ever were, had. People like, were thrilled about him. Yeah, from Scottsdale. He's like or a Grizz legacy too. That had yeah. like a yeah family member, yeah. and he had a hip injury. Tough to I think. If okay, I, this is just my weak ass memory, but he decided to hang it up. But so he could have been impactful this whole time. So the Montana kids that they that website did not list. Oh hey, we had a well they missed a bunch of kids here. Uh, quarterback Gresh Jensen. So, uh, Devin Mallow any opinion, from Billings. Any opinions on that guy, Mike? <laughs> never, never heard of him. <laughs> Idaho Vandal, Trace Latexier. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Idaho Vandal, Jerry Nash, you already mentioned. Yeah, Jerry Nash. Trace Bradshaw, who I think interacts quite frequently with the pod. Um, Isai Longoria, who I think finished at uh, Tech this mm-hmm. year, right? Yep. Uh, Conlon Beaver. Uh, there we go. This list is uh, Cole Rossling. I think also someone who interacts with the pod quite a bit. Yep. He's uh, a good dude. Lewis Cowens, Caleb Mitchell, Brandon Scott, Jace Lewis, hmm? Jed Nagler. And then the transfers, James Banks, Reese Phillips, Lane Hovey, Connor Kagey. Yeah, that's it. So, Oh, and Miles McKee Osidibu. What's interesting is you named a lot of a lot of dudes who actually played a decent amount, yeah, but didn't they must not have redshirted or they didn't stay all four years or could be or just left like Carver. Or... I mean, like some of these guys yeah. and some of the guys you mentioned, like Egbo and I mean Eckmeyer and played a bunch and Crow. Of course, Crow had kind of a tough injury um, heading into twenty nineteen and. Yeah, Longoria played a bunch. Nash played a bunch. So, yeah. It's kind of where this goes. Nash left. You pull up a lot of these recruiting classes, and by the time you get five years down the road, there's usually just three or four kids left, you know? So, yeah. yeah. Uh, It just shows you how hard it is to recruit. And (laughs) I shouldn't say terrible because, you know, a a lot of guys contribute in role plays that people don't ever even really understand. Yep. Uh, okay, so more questions on just you know players transferring. How many do we do we expect more? What do we think? You know, um, I don't really want to like name names or something, but um, kind of gotta gotta wait for Luke. He had to. We had some extra beers tonight, so we're, <laughs> <laughs> we're kind of flying through some of these. So uh, let's see. I'm not gonna answer West Coast fan. Uh, all right, the man is back. Let's see. Where were we? Everett Grizz is wondering, Mike, why aren't the damn potholes on Reserve Street fixed yet? Uh, Reserve Street's a uh, state highway. It's actually a federal highway, I believe. Really? Oh, wow. Um, so complain to somebody else, Everett. Thanks, it actually Mike. never occurred to me. I hope we do start <laughs> fielding complaints about the city of Missoula in the new year. 
They'd be like, we have a new question on the pod. Uh, uh, Councilman Nugent, uh, my zoning request submitted on. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, Everett is wondering, uh, grade the season with a standard letter grading system. Professor. Are we on a curve or? Because if in Standard letter grade. If in not a, a curve. If an A-plus season is a national championship. Well, we don't give out A-pluses. What a, it's an A. That's the highest. Then it's a curve. What do you? No, it's not. We're not in the semifinals. Well, but but an A is the highest grade possible. A pluses are invented by like just delicate, <laughs> fragile people. You work <laughs> in higher education. How do you not understand what a curve is? You drop the few top. You curve it. You can literally not get an A plus at the University of Montana, which is interesting that Mike doesn't know this. Yes, it's probably why it doesn't work there anymore. Well, maybe he never got one. hundred percent classes in, in my grad program, not in my undergrad program. But A pluses are for sixth graders. My Mike. point is, like, what's the scale? Because if A is national championship, that's an A. National then, championship is an A. Then I guess it's a solid B. Yeah. What about the B plus? So an A plus doesn't exist, but a B plus exists. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Right. The plus minus system is there. I feel like getting to a national championship in some situations is an A minus. Yeah. Unless you are the prohibitive favorite and you shat the bed. Then then it's that's an A maybe that's a B plus. Yeah. But for us, I feel like we over achieved considering uh the injuries i would put this as a b plus yeah i'd be right on there b to b plus yeah all right okay cda grizz okay guys pick one option one these are short actually a five-hour pod every week next season or option two Fight a drunken kangaroo on national TV every Monday next season. There oh. is no in between. <laughs> We're five hour pod. Five hour pod. Oh my god! <laughs> Have you seen kangaroos? Yeah, I've seen some of those videos, man. They're ripped, They're- mate. <laughs> oh my goodness! Uh, the CDA does go on to say uh, thanks for uh, giving the listeners your insight this season. It's been very b- enjoyable listening to the GFP. Happy holidays. CDA, well, thanks for all the questions. Thank you, CDA. And I appreciate your like actual former coach insights. <laughs> it's kind of nice hearing your analysis. Ursa Major is wondering if one of our Twitter friends, Drew, is a giant douche or the biggest douche ever. So there's a couple Drews this could be. Um, and I think it works to our benefit to not specify which one. Because yeah. like, there's a JMU fan. There's a Cat fan. There's other people. Um. So I think the lesson here is if you're going to be a douche on the Twitters and you don't engage, there's a name for that. It's called like subtweeting or something like that. Yeah, subtweet. And it's chicken shit. You know, if you're going to be a tough guy, engage when somebody engages you. If not, you're kind of everything you're pretending not to be. Yep. There you go. Okay. All right, uh, I had a couple other questions. I, I think Diesel asked a bunch of questions that we've kind of covered. Uh, Grizz Guy says, Brent, thanks for doing the GFP. <laughs> <laughs> and, for, 
Thanks for putting this on your shoulders, Brent. Yeah. <laughs> Walking among giants here. Um, <laughs> I actually know Grizz guy, Frank. I think. Uh, I don't know if you guys have met him, but. If we have, it makes it even worse, Grizz Guy. Grizz Guy has offered to do a drop for us, an, like an intro, and a, to make a drop. I don't know if musically or what, but he has a background in, in media. Dude. We should, because isn't there another question about that? I think so. Yeah, yeah. we should definitely do that. So, Grizz Guy, I, when you're making it, I'm it going stars to Mike and Luke and, and James and Britt. <laughs> Time out, 20 seconds. We need to get together with Frank the Beatmaker. Oh, God. It can't <laughs> be terrible. And have, and just have a session where we're all together and we can, like, interact with it. We can bring some beers. He's through town a lot. He's a, he's a marathon runner, so if the Missoula Marathon isn't canceled this next year, he'll be in town. Dude, get something done Frank, this summer. let's do it, buddy. All right. Uh, Berkshire Hathaway is an official uh, sponsor of the Missoula Marathon, oh, hey. and my sources, as of right now, indicate it's a go. Yes. It freaking better be. I, I've missed it for two years. We love sponsors. <sighs> I would have ran it, I swear to God. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's what I should be training for. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, my inference here is that I'm always the one on Egress putting the call for questions, so I think he's putting the thanks there because I put the call yeah, and you, then I post the links. You are correct, Brent. You are so. someone who likes to suck up the, <laughs> the attention and not share it with your comrades. Nope. So it's fine. I heard Brent's going to enter the transfer portal. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I have already Googled the Husker Fan Podcast. So the H... HFFP, the Husker Football well, I just Fan Podcast. Take more deep dives. That's yes. cool. <laughs> the lakes aren't as deep in Nebraska, you guys. <laughs> what about Great Falls? Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, uh, Frank. Frank was asking us just like uh, areas you know to work on when it comes to defense, offense, special teams. I think we kind of touched on a little bit of that. Um, uh, asked to. Oh, this is one thing I was thinking about too, and we talked about some future pods. Uh, maybe doing some pods focusing on graduating student athletes and looking back at their contributions. I mean, now that he's soon to be graduated, I mean, how soon are we going to get OD on the pod? <laughs> right? We got to get some of these guys on. And in fact, uh, the other day I had a conversation. That would be fun. Yeah, I, I, I bet we we're going to need more easily. beer. We're going to need more beer. We <laughs> might need a few more microphones, but we we can make this work. So yeah. Uh, let's see. Grizzfan twenty four is asking couple of ideas here a couple of things what is the most absurd criticism or complaint levied against you individually <laughs> or the pod during the season i'll start um there was someone on twitter that listened to the mint main podcast and thought um hot take nate was mike <laughs> i think Remember this? We got this big Twitter yeah, conversation. Yeah, but it wasn't me. Was it Luke? No. Yeah. Yeah. I am so glad. And then thought Bear Tycoon of- was was Mike or something. It was like, and it was like this long Twitter. Sh- and I think like we got to figure it out. But it was just kind of funny because like if you pull up the Montana Mint page, all the stuff is in there versus Grizz Fan Pod. And this individual, you know. Um, bless yeah, his it's heart. Confusing. Like, I'm just gonna say it. Confused. Like they're they were showing up at people's Spotify end of the year stuff. Yeah. On our coattails. I'm just gonna say it. <laughs> if you guys listen this late into the pause, you know I'm right. It was pretty. Why funny. you like our shows God, to be in your feed? It was just funny because this guy was like, it was like, man, 
what was it? Oh man, I should have looked, gone back and looked it up because I mean, this guy was like adamant. He was like, "You call yourself a Grizz fan, and then like you let Luke say all this great stuff about the cats and trash on the Grizz." And like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> I remember that. Oh, it was man. more funny than anything, That's and funny. got it cleared up. Obviously, the guys listening to the pod, happy to have you. Glad we're on common ground now. Absurd things this year. Yeah. Oh God. The Idaho State fan, singular, singular, on Twitter. Still there. Who found me two years ago because he was concerned that I literally wanted a player to die. Um, I don't remember the details except that um, I think it had to do with Jake Constantine. And I said something like, oh, I hate that he's transferring because I, I want the Grizz to be able to play him in the playoffs and kill him. Um, maybe a bad choice of words, but I think the, you know, Someone of even below average intelligence might know. <laughs> That's not a literal statement. It's like the Niners uh, killed the Bengals in overtime. Right. You know. Anyway, that guy showed up again recently. Yeah. And he, he talks a lot of trash. For being at Idaho State. Yeah. I mean, too, he yeah. really thinks he's morally superior to the Grizz fan pod. Um, and it is absurd. Like, very absurd. I don't know. I actually don't have an answer to this because I get to exist in this liminal phase between showing up and having this really fun experience with y'all and then not reading the mentions on (laughs) Twitter. Like I don't log on to Egris. I very I've sent two tweets this year from our Twitter account. Yes. And everybody knew it was you immediately, one of them. Yeah. And and I'm like, I guess I don't just get I don't get wrapped up in um in some of and maybe it's something I could improve on. Maybe this is a a vector of improvement for me. But Maybe I should interact more with the fan base, but I mostly interact with you two via my individual <laughs> Twitter to the Chris Van Pod. And I like I don't know, that's just I like it that way. You guys are better at Twitter than Well, me. I try and lock I try and tag you both sometimes when it's like I think this will be a fun conversation. I don't want you guys to miss it. Yeah. Bring people in. It's it's mostly been a really good experience. I just actually had um sometimes students figure out that I have a pod cast about Grizz football and I go out of my way not to talk about Grizz football with Grizz players because sure. there's in some situations pot- yeah, you don't want to be. potentially a conflict of interest yeah. I don't bring it up like yeah. I have had prominent Grizz football players in my office don't even mention yeah. this whole thing all about academics but just on Friday I was meeting with the student and she was saying um, so at the very end of the meeting, like right before she left, she's like, so I hear you have a podcast, huh? And I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, I do. And she was like, I was in a frat house, and uh, someone was listening to a podcast. And I was like, I recognize that voice. I've had that. I know that voice. Uh, is that Luke? You know? And uh, they're like, uh, I don't know. It's just kind of this funny local podcast. <laughs> couple idiots yeah they're like we listen to and they you know was, which was kind of a fun experience for me to be like oh we have some listeners in the student body and they don't know me personally yeah. at this time and that's kind of fun to think that uh i get to like walk among some of the students who might be listening to our podcast <laughs> instead of studying it's awesome i um 
You know, there I've had some fun moments like that too. My favorite one, I've actually talked about this on the pod before, but my favorite story was actually a couple of years ago. Um, so I'm the vice president of Berkshire Hathaway. We're a statewide company. The president is based out of Bozeman and he's in a golf league. And so he was at, you know, he was at golf league one night and, you know, they randomly pair you with two other people you maybe don't know as well. Yep. So they're foursome going and uh, you know, introduce each other. And after a couple holes, one of the guys he's golfing with and the other, you know, the other two, you know, pops out of the cart and says, Who, who'd you say you worked for? And he said, Berkshire Hathaway. And he goes, oh, do you know Mike Nugent? And <laughs> um, I believe that my, my friend Craig was like, yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's the vice president. We talk all the time. And I think Craig was thinking, oh, it's a former client. And so Craig says something like, oh, did you like buy a house from him or did he sell your house? And um, Bozeman Grizz is who it is. We've since met him. Yep. He said something like, oh, no, I've never met him. I just love the pod. And he called me that night coming home from golf and was just like... <laughs> Because I think he kind of knew that I had this thing, and I think he thought it was just this hobby, which it clearly is. But he was floored that a random Grizz fan in Bozeman (laughs) knew about the (laughs) box. I get broadly one of my favorite parts about this whole experience. That's a great story, Mike. Yeah. Is interacting with other friends I have. Like, we all have. Um, sort of almost compartmentalized friend groups. Sure. But it's so fun talking and engaging with different groups of people. And it's like we're all the same. Like we all talk about the same stuff, think about the same stuff. And it's just kind of really fun being a part of Grizz Nation. It is. Like that's like the funnest thing about weirdest. I guess it's weird. Interesting. Yeah. Like I feel like I feel like we're almost – it, except you know, except for Brent's like encyclopedic knowledge of Greece history, <laughs> we're almost replaceable a little bit with everyone, which I think maybe is a little bit. Almost is probably generous. We we are replaceable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's just like oh, well, these conversations that we're having, people are having with their friends, or if they don't have an, enough, they're they're isolated from other Grizz compatriots. Um. They're having these conversations kind of with themselves, and it's kind of just fun to be a part of. It, it is. It, um, you know, it's like I think, you know, regular listeners to the pod know we don't take ourselves too seriously. <laughs> Definitely. We're not media. We don't aim to break stories. We are the first to admit that there are huge gaps in our knowledge and understanding of the game, which is why I enjoy it when we have four players on because it's like, the one thing, if there's one thing I would hate about this pod is I would hate for like former players to think like, God, these guys yeah. don't know shit and they think they do. It's like, oh, no, no, no. We don't know shit we and we time. know we, we don't. Know <laughs> yeah. So please don't ever take us too seriously because the whole idea is just fans talking about Grizz football. And it's been fun every year to watch it grow a little bit more and just kind of see how much people enjoy that niche. Yeah. And, you know, it's like you never really think about, well, who's got time for a three-hour pod? And we joke about it. But it's like, I think a lot of our listeners, you know, 
hardworking jobs where they got a lot of windshield time, whether it's like the guy driving around town doing deliveries yep. that Brit, you know, runs into the gas station yeah. or, you know, our buddy Luke in South Dakota who, you know, is all over the state and got a lot of windshield time. Or Josh um, in, South, in, in San Diego doing the same thing, hour yep. commute both ways. Yeah. Yep. You know, or people who, you know, work a desk job, but it fills the time while they're doing other things. And it's just been fun to kind of interact with those people. And I think That's that, right. I, I think it has done a small part of kind of, pulling a niche of us back together in a way that's maybe more uh more healthy than the egrises of the world <laughs> so um i, I will we'll keep doing it until we don't have fun all right okay i'm gonna skip his last one this is the last one i got from egress and we're gonna hop over to twitter gris fan is wondering what is your favorite holiday hot toddy mm. the hot butter drum tom and jerry's or just a straight up regular hot toddy probably a tom and jerry but i will say i'm not necessarily a fan of any of them yeah i like the hot toddy there's a segment of my uh family uh for those of you who might know one of like the many fleshes out there (laughs) f-l-e-s-c-h i I know a few there's a ton of them across the country uh Anyway, the segment that of the flesh contingent that um, is most directly related to me, they are all about the hot toddies. They make some good hot toddies, and that's what we do. We play board games on holidays nice. and hot toddies. I there love it. All right. I'm right there, too. Yep. Go hot toddy. Helps on uh, when you got a cold as well. <laughs> Which, I mean, with your weak-ass immune system, happens hey. about five times a winter. <laughs> Thanks. We've already got one. That's true. We do. <laughs> <laughs> Britt and I spend too much time. Uh, there we do. <laughs> All right, Twitter. Um, I'm just going to kind of go down and the order of these pop up, so they might not be in sequential order of when they came in. Um, Daddy Martin wants to know: Did any of us break any superstitious rituals for this game? He said, for example, he will wear the same shirt and hat for wins and always bet on the opponent since the beginning of November. Last Friday, he bet on UM. I can't believe that you would break that streak. Like, why would you do that? Part of part of Mike's response there is um, anchored in his guilt from from picking against the Grizz. All right, he's pointing oh, fingers. No, 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 no. He's pointing he's fingers against Montana, and they were winning. You don't mess with that. Yeah. Okay, Mike. All right. Um, <laughs> rituals. I'm not as good with rituals when I watch away games. Um, yeah. I'm probably 50-50 in, like, away games I watch with other people being Grizz wins or losses. Like, I feel like the Grizz games that you tend to watch with other people are usually the bigger games, playoff games, stuff like that. And, you know, they don't always win them. So, I don't know. I watched a handful of games with, with a group of people this year that I enjoyed, and that was fun. So I don't think I broke any rituals. Yeah. James didn't play as, pay as much attention to the game as he normally would, but I don't know. All of my rituals were intact. That's all I want to say about it. I don't want to share my, 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 my rituals. <laughs> Not pod friendly. Fair enough. Yeah, I don't think I broke any either, but... Brent definitely didn't break his... When things really aren't going the Grizz's way, I'm going to get pissed drunk and text text about it. Um, 
It's, hey, the it's Miller really High Life. That is a very predictable. Yeah. It's really good. It's actually kind of uh, you know refreshing after a Grizz loss when we get to the point of the night where Brent premises his take in a text thread with, but I'm drunk. But I'm drunk. <laughs> but I'm drunk. It's an entire suffix. <laughs> All right. All right. We talked about a recruiting episode. We think that's a good idea. Um. A little bit about kind of Chris Brown's development, but I think we touched on that. And I think um, you guys both made some good points um, <clears throat> on the Cole Burquist and on the linear development. Um, also, he asked preliminary look at the QB position and what you think might happen with that. I think we answered that pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, Who asked that one? Day Day. Day Day. Um, Curtis Wallace says, Thanks for entertaining us for two, three hours each week. No questions unless we take the time on the ugly sweater question he tweeted at us earlier. Will you try and find that? Oh yeah, he he said <clears throat> uh, while none of the none of us would beat anyone in this photo in a forty yard dash. Oh, and, it was the the ride receiver group had an ugly sweater get together. Could we beat him in an ugly sweater competition? And I would say yes. Yeah, look at this picture. I'm pulling, pulling it up right now. Okay, never mind. Oh, Brent Pease, what a group of, group of dudes. This is our ugly sweater Christmas party. Love these guys. My favorite is Burton's. Go right Grizz. Sweater the, winners were right Nick Williams front. and Danny Burton. Burton's so. is my favorite. It's damn near a skirt. That unicorn? <laughs> you put a belt on that, that's a mini skirt. Oh, man. We'll so. retweet this on the pod so that you can see it. That's um, it's a hilarious thing, and there and he's absolutely right. We would not beat him in the forty time. So you know what this also makes no. me realize is I meant to shout out. Is it Fonts or F- I, I? I say Aaron Fonts. Aaron Fonts, because I don't think his future is a punt returner. But I think he's going to be a damn good receiver, and I'm excited to oh, watch yeah. him. Yeah. And I meant to bring him up, but we got distracted. So now seeing this wide receiver photo, I want to give him some love because yeah. I think he's going to be really good. And Ryan Simpson, I enjoyed watching him come on as the season came on. Yep. So those are two dudes that I wanted to mention this pod that I, I spaced earlier. Yeah. I've got a pretty damn good ugly sweater. It's a Wu-Tang ugly sweater that I think smokes all these sweaters here. So I'm winning the ugly sweater contest. Are you willing... To tweet a picture of this ugly yeah. sweater. All right, Might maybe we should have our our listeners um, rank you among them. Wait, maybe we can Photoshop you into this picture. <laughs> <laughs> Someone with better Photoshop skills, just drop me in on the side there. I'll back and find it. This is this is a great photo. Did you tweet this out from the pod yet? I haven't. No, yeah, we'll get that done. Good stuff. All right. <clears throat> Moving on, uh, Casey Omen's got multiple questions. Does Bobby make any changes to the offensive staff? Need um, need more from the O line and the offense as a whole. I mean, I assume there will be changes to the staff this offseason just because it's been so many years and there really hasn't been a ton. I don't know that we want to jump into like what changes he makes, but I think that the offense has room to grow and the O-line is really crucial this off season. So it'll kind of be interested to see where those go. Um, do we have a feel, do you feel we have the 2022 starting QB on the roster right now? Um, 
I don't think we do. We do. I think we go the way of the transfer portal, which he's asking, and what are our biggest areas of concern. I mean, I think it's replacing the dudes on defense and getting the O-line to go, but we already kind of answered this question. Yeah. Um, JMU Dukes for life. Oh, you've got a, a thought. No, no, no. I, I, keep going. JMU Dukes for life says, do I need to tell our 5'10 linebacker? So Brent now has two weeks of this guy. Yes. To yes. which we responded. Tell like, your short-ass linebacker that kicked our ass. Yeah. Whatever the hell you want to tell him. I said, unless he has a growth spurt, he's probably still aware of his height. God, it's so weird. <laughs> it's just so weird. It's like you weren't knocking him. That's his height. Like on his They roster. could have said, I'm sure on their podcast they might have pointed out that we have tiny Robbie Hauk at safety. Yeah. I mean I I don't get it. Yeah. It's All weird. Right. I feel like that person himself is five six. <laughs> <laughs> um you know, he's not listening to the pod at this point, so yeah. Loyal listener, uh, Zach Lord, who I believe was at the game. Um, mm. Jace Lewis will go down as one of the great linebackers. Um, even with his loss, it looks like our D could be even better next year. What areas does the staff need to focus on the offseason to improve this D? Yeah. Recruiting, player development, tweaking the game plan. I think we need to make sure the three three five works for us, and we, you know, those linebackers are blitzing, and how do we take the slants? Because I think that's our biggest weakness. And our second biggest weakness is – with the exception of parts of this year, we have been susceptible to the big pass play. So it's like evaluate maybe why that's happening a little bit. I don't see us changing from the three three five no, next either. year. No. <clears throat> yeah. But well, I do think wonder why. I I do think that like we'll get like a critical piece is how how will our front three be able to get pressure on the quarterback? Mm-hmm. How disruptive can those three be? Um an unanswered question, but I, I'm also really excited to see like Braxton Hill rotate in. You know, like he's obviously got a lot of snaps. We got a Janet Caro in the mix, maybe even an, an Asher Croy gets some snaps. I don't know. We'll yep. see. I think Braxton Hill is going to be. Fun I'm excited for Hill. Yeah, and he played pretty well. I mean, he played his hard. I think he led the team in tackles. Yeah, yeah. Had a big sack uh, at the JMU game. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's a stud. Um, he's he's going to do just fine. Agreed. So Adam Clinch wants to know if the transfer portal helps us or hurts us more i mean if you look at the number of starters we have who are transfers it still probably falls into the helps us category more than the hurts us category yeah but i do think we just have to get used to the idea that we may lose a couple starters every year to the transfer portal like i think that's probably the era of college football we're going to listen i i was not prepared to get attached to a punter and lose him. <laughs> <laughs> the lesson here is don't love specialists. Yeah, but definitely, I mean, and I'm hoping it plays to our benefit when it comes to this quarterback position. I think it mattered that the Grizz showed out on national television against UW yeah. that we had vibrant, you know, just electric atmospheres for uh-huh. Cat Grizz and Eastern Washington. Yep. Like those things will go a long ways. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, Nick Larkin says, in a perfect, unrealistic world, <laughs> UM has their pick at Transfer Portal QB. Would you go with Nix from Auburn, Calzada from AM, Slovis from USC, or Rattler from OU? Oh, uh, Rattler from OU Rattler. just. just right. um, oh, he uh, just announced he's announced going to SC. I'd go with Slovis from USC. I like a lot of Slovis too. Yeah. Yeah. But none of those guys are coming. 
So, yeah. All right, John Thomas, two questions for the pod. What positions do you think the Grizz look to add talent through the transfer portal? I mean, I think we've kind of hit this. Yeah. Um, any position they can get better at. But realistically, <laughs> yeah. uh, the lines, DBs, wide receiver, and QB. Yep. Yep. Um, do you think the Grizz will win a championship in Bobby's second stint? I do. Yes. I think that's what we're building towards. Yep. yep. I agree. And if my answer to that was no, then we should be advocating for a new coach. Yep. I think the answer is yes. All right. Uh, Eric Witz has a few questions. Um, do we think KB12 enters the portal or bringing the transfer light of fire in him? I honestly don't know about the portal part, but yeah. I think that the example Brent used about Cole Berquist is a good one the coaches could kind of give him for like, hey, don't give up right. if they wanted him to stay. Yep. Um, he also wants to know if the Grizz fans do streamers on the field like JMU does, how quickly do they flag us? <sighs> Probably very quickly. Um, and I think UM would not like that either. So Well, and, and our setup makes it possible for streamers to actually get on the field. The upper deck or whatever for at JMU makes you know, like it really difficult yeah. to, you know, you got to have a Raul Mondesi arm to get that on the actual field. Yep. Um, and how proud of you, Grizz Nation, that we don't have half-empty stadium games? Love Grizz Nation. Incredibly proud. Incredibly yeah. proud. <laughs> Best fan base in the country. Yep. All right. Johnny Metropolis says, can we get a – GFP theme song to be played at the beginning and the end of the every episode. There it is, yeah. If you could have any band musical artist perform the theme song, who would you choose and why? Oh, any band. Any band. I want to hear Mike's answer. First. Oh my God, I'm the worst guy of the three of us to answer this question. I want to hear Mike's answer uh, first. It would be a um, uh, uh, sampling of the ESPN jock jams from the <laughs> early 90s, you know. Just a wild sampling with like the let's get ready to rumble guy, get people pumped up, introduce us, away we go. I you, don't know. See, you were you didn't think I could come up with an answer. That's incredible. Yeah. No, that's probably what I would have predicted. Um, <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Um, so here's here's my sense. I think that we could just do our introductions to any Taylor Swift song you want. So. I, I, I legitimately <laughs> thought you were going to name a pop country singer. I thought you were going to say Sam Hunt. Oh, my in. God. Like, <laughs> Florida, uh, Georgia. And you know what, Mike? Kelly Clarkson something. wants to sing our intro. She can. I hey, don't, she can. Oh, my yeah, God. That'd yeah. be amazing. <laughs> yeah. I don't. Sometimes I have a hard time um, being condescending towards. Uh, Me? I don't believe that. Not oh. you, artists. <laughs> it's subjective. Art is subjective. All right, guys? <sighs> but. I mean, as crazy and as uh, just offensive as I sometimes find him, could you imagine if Kanye made us a beat? <laughs> yes. Like, and, you know, I'm not even the biggest hip-hop ha fan in this trio that we have, um, but that would be iconic because uh, Kanye West will be remembered uh, longer than any of us are alive. Yeah. You get a Kanye beat with like a Drake intro or something, or a Meek yeah. Mill, a little Meek Mill intro for the GFP. And you know what? We've had an option on the table 
that one of the three of us doesn't like. Yep, and it's got to be consensus, so that's not it. It is. We all have we all have ultimate veto power. <laughs> yep, it's got to be good. Which is why I'm really excited to sit down with Frank. But we should that should be one of our goals for this off season. Like, let's do it. I don't know if Frank's a music guy though. Frank, but is... he could come up with a cool intro that has nothing to do with music. That's but good I point. do think that having an intro that's a good point would be kind of fun. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah. Ah, Johnny. All right. <laughs> Somebody suggested you be Cotton Eye Joe. Um, pass. Pass. Jonathan Claxton says he personally blames the Grizz fan pod for the Bushini news. You can't pick <laughs> next year's pod favorite player before next season starts. The hype grew out of control due to this, and he had no choice but to move on. <laughs> he couldn't live up to the hype. You're probably Shane's right. Like, I'm out. So when you get your NFL contract, Brian, 10% to the GFP. Let's. Okay. Ten. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. All right. 406 Grizz. Such a great season, and we should all be proud of this team. I think we agree with that. Uh, What do we need to improve on to be a true title contender every year? Are we still just early in the Bobby rebuild and we need to stay on this trajectory? Or are there any additional improvements needed? I think it's a two part question. We kind of answered this. I mean, I think that we're entering now where it's all—it's going to be all his dudes. And I think that, you know, the last time we were here, this portion of his tenure, the teams became really dominant. So it's like you feel like maybe he can build that again. Yep. Um, I think we just didn't have depth. And we talked about this earlier in the season. We did not have the depth needed to compete with the injuries we had. Mm-hmm. And I think we can get better at that. Um, I think a dominant O-line. Yeah. Yep. Uh, depth is key, though. Like, just injuries – have derailed both the last two seasons, right? I mean, in some regard. And so if you're able to plug in someone with just better ability to be in a spot to contribute right away. um, And, you know, we got that of the running game, so to say. I mean, right? It was like Xavier and and Junior weren't Marcus Knight, but they gave us enough to be – productive to give us a semblance of a running game you know but it's like so but you need that at quarterback you need that at offensive tackle you need that at guard you need that at dn you need that at db like you need it everywhere and so if they can keep growing that it's only going to be better yeah the um the other thing i guess i would add to that is how coach Houck and his staff meld their style of team 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 with the kind of current generational attitude of football players, which is me, me, me. social media yeah, clips, yeah. a little bit of me, 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 you yeah. know, and how does that music work? Um, Cause I don't know, like I loved his clip, but it's like, I don't know that life's that simple right now in college right. football. Yeah. So we'll see, mm-hmm. but maybe it is. I'm not a coach. I'm not in a locker room. That's a good point. Yeah. So I think those are the, I think that's the interesting combination there. David Coy has what I think might be the question of the night. Sweet. He says, doesn't the outcome of this weekend feel like one of those would-you-rather questions? (laughs) Would you rather win Grizz Cat knowing the loser gets an easier path to the championship or lose Grizz Cat with the easier path? (laughs) Um, I'm winning that game. Yeah, I mean, it's like I think you got to win that game. We got the trophy back. I think... It's like I said, if the Cats win this weekend, which I think they might, it, it, I'll let you know how I feel then. But nonetheless, like if the Cats are going to go to the national championship, 
I'm so glad that at least the Grizz made the final eight and had 10 wins because you can't be like, oh, they suck. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Such a good question. You're right. It is. I mean, it's like like all of of Coeur d'Alene and Silvertip's questions come to life. Yes. (laughs) All right. Speaking of, Silvertip. Um, You find a magic lamp that grants wishes, but for every wish you make, you take five years off of your life. How many wishes would you make, if any, and what would you wish for? Rules. Your age of death is predetermined, but you have no idea what that age is. You can't wish out of the lamp's rules, and you can't wish to add years onto your life. You can't wish for a separate device that grants wishes without the cost. And lastly, you may only make one wish per month. Per month? Per month. Just think about that. So you just cut 60 years off your life. If you make one wish a month. Mm. Halfway through the year and you're dead. If I knew it took five years off my life, I would really struggle to make a wish. I would too. I don't know if I'd do it. I don't know. Hmm. Uh, would you wish for something like... Um, and I, no judgment comes yeah. from your guys' answers here. Oh, I know. Would you, judge for, would you wish for something material like like $100 billion? To, or would you wish for something like a little more... Um, altruistic. Altruistic like forgiveness. Or I'd peace. probably... I mean, world peace and forgiveness, yeah. But probably like a cabin on Flathead Lake that I could just host <laughs> my friends and family in a regular basis. But here's what I would right. wish for. Yeah. I would wish for um, someone to create in my lifetime the ability to communicate and share experiences with the deceased so that I could, you know, then <laughs> carry on like the... Um, what was that show, Futurama, where yeah. they just had the heads in the jars on the robot bodies, and then I could wish for whatever I wanted, and I just found a way around your stupid rules because I didn't extend my life, Got and I can enjoy ball. whatever I want. Perfect. <laughs> Bravo, Mike. Ah. I'm glad you watch cartoons. Yeah. Silver tip, <laughs> come at me, bro. All right. All right, Mike wins that round. All right. Um, Caden Sukut, or Sukut, or S-U-K-U-T. I don't know how to say that correctly. Um, if you could keep one for next year's team, Cam Humphrey, Jace Lewis, Money Macias, Sammy Akem, O.D., Mallory, or someone else, who would it be, and why is it Macias? <laughs> Macias is a good answer, He's honestly. He's a pretty good answer just because it's kind of an unknown behind him. And, I mean, he really came on. Like, if you're going to have a kicker that can make over 50 and be that accurate, like, yeah. that's pretty good. Um, if it's not Macias for me, it's probably Lewis. I just think he's an underrated <laughs> linebacker, which is saying something given, you know, who he is and what number he wore. Right. But, yeah. I'm, I think I'm with you there. I could see argument for a chem as well, just again. But, uh, you know, with the receiver depth, yeah, I think Lewis – is definitely, I mean, kind of the leader of that defense and retaining that guy, I think it'd be a big help. Yeah, I agree. Yep. Um, Gabe says, Grizzcat stands alone, but what was the second best tailgate of the season for you guys? Tailgate? Yeah, your Grizz, your Grizzcat tailgate was pretty legit. Oh, man. So I, well, we joked about this in the pod earlier, but um, we had had one where 
someone you know the the bar tab that was that was a, <laughs> yeah. that was a, a fairly fun tailgate as well too um just by by nature of how much alcohol was sold and consumed at that one so that might have been the second one i can't remember what game that was though was that the that wasn't uh, i don't think that was the sac state one it couldn't have been that one so it must have been <sighs> i can't remember now um Oh, Sac State was the national champion reunion one. Yeah. And so yeah. You, you're probably thinking of homecoming was that one. Maybe I, it was homecoming. I thought the Sac State fun, one was fun just because there were so many of those national champions wandering around. The yeah, gates. for sure. Yeah. That was so maybe spot, that would yeah. be my, my second best after Cat Grizz. But the game itself, good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, Tom Ford says, what a year. I'm so glad that I can't believe it took me that long to find the pod in August. Hey, Tom, I'm glad you found us. It's been great listening to you guys talk football. The season was up and down and gave me so much hope for next season. So who's poised to break out like Marcus Weldell on D? I mean, we mentioned Braxton Hill. Yeah, I think Braxton Hill is a very good answer to that question. Um he thinks McGoran, and I would agree a, with him. Yeah. I think McGoran's a good answer. I, I just think being a D end in the three three five is not a very sexy position in terms of stats and what the fans notice. But I, I think he's he's onto something. I think McGoran has an opportunity to be um, like an all big sky level talent. Yeah, I'd agree. Yeah. Yep. What I actually think is Jake McGoran will be a sophomore. Next year, he is, <laughs> oh he is a freaking beast. He's Jake a huge human. Is going to be a sophomore like already. with like sixteen games played because he played the four his freshman year, then the two spring games. We yeah. had six coming into this year. What did we have? We had thirteen games this year. Yeah. So Jacob McGorn might have nineteen games of experience as, as a sophomore. He's just <laughs> huge. He's a huge human. Yeah, I. I I'm I'm really happy that he's a Grizz, um, but I think like the breakout. What I actually believe, and I don't know if this qualifies, so you know, slap me around if I'm wrong. But next year, I do think Gavin Robertson's replacement will be yeah, Garrett Graves. Garrett Graves, mm-hmm. and he gave us dang near a hundred percent of Gavin. You know, I, I do think he was a little behind Gavin, you know, on... On pass pro, but I think you learned that. On pass pro, but he's got a lot of eligibility left. Yep. I think I think he's going to be every bit as good, if not better, than Gavin when it's all said and done. Mm-hmm. And he's someone who can be a true impact player for us. And he's one of those guys that's, you know, safety, size, and speed, but hits like a linebacker. Hits like a linebacker. Yeah. And super smart back there. Yeah. And I think he's. We've had a lot of very good safeties in our in our history, you know, yep. Chris history. And I think he could go down in the conversation as uh, is on that short list um, potentially. Like, I, and that's a pretty like a. That's, yeah, we've had NFL players, Huntsberger and Huntsberger, Colt and Colt, like Shan. Shan, we got Robbie on the team, who's who's legitimate, right? Like, I mean, I think that. Garrett Graves has a chance to be special with his, you know, yeah. last few years here. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be fun. I don't know. I have an answer for that. <laughs> Breakout. Breakout. 
in addition? I mean, because it's... But that's, like, the thing. Like, you look at, like, the defense. It's, like, Marcus Wellnell is back and, you know, Justin Ford and, and, and Walker, like, known quantities in the sense, like, we've seen them. I mean, so Corbin Walker next year presumably is going to receive a lot of attention by passing offenses, so they will test him more than they're going to want to test Justin Ford. So if he had a breakout, that'd be huge. Yeah. Um, Sometimes I wonder if it's hard for us to answer this because we're so close to the team. Yeah. Like, what is what would the casual fan consider breakout? That's true. Where they're like, oh, hey, who's this number five out there on defense? Mm-hmm. Okay. And when he says close to the team, he doesn't mean, like, actually close to the team. He means we pay attention. Yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> to clarify. Um, okay, I don't know if I'm stepping on someone's question, and I apologize if I am, because I don't look at these questions. Well, it's our pod, so do whatever you want. Um, I just want to be respectful to the people who listen to us. But this is a good time um, to and ask this question of you two. Oh, okay. Thinking of breakout stars next year. Yeah. My question to you guys, who's 37 next year? It's got to be Patrick O'Connell, right? Yeah. <clears throat> It has to be. I would assume. There's a couple other people in the mix. I mean, so yeah. they, this this tradition used to be that the senior would pick an underclassman that they thought was going to be a star in and Montana. And by underclassman, you mean freshman or sophomore. Freshman or Correct. sophomore. Yes. <clears throat> or maybe a guy going into their junior year. Um, you know, they... And at some point, it we, just changed. We it did, like, hey. They did that once, and they picked Carson Bender, and then yeah. Carson Bender kind of had injuries. Um and it just wasn't the thirty-seven. Just kind of, it wasn't on the field as much. And ever since then, it's kind of been senior to senior to senior to senior, or you know, to junior. I to mean, junior. but it's mostly been upperclassmen. Yeah, um, Braxton Hill is a, an eligible dude, in my opinion. Marcus Wellnow. Uh, Marcus Wellnow would be another one. Um, I think it's going to be Patrick O'Connell, though. I think it is, yeah. And I don't know the... where you're going with this, but I am of the strong opinion that Robbie Houck's not eligible for it. <laughs> and nothing against Robbie Houck. He did not graduate from Montana High School. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that's going to be the... Someone's going to come at us about that, but that's just I, that's my opinion. I don't, it's been yeah. a heated debate before if yeah. Robbie like qualifies. I don't, I don't think he qualifies. Just who has the last say in qualification? His dad? The tradition I don't know. is that the 37 gets to hand it off to the next 37. Yeah, true, so. true. So hopefully no interference, but it's got to be O'Connell. Especially if he wins the buck. I mean, it, right? I think he's going to win the buck. I, I hope he's so. Right. stands a good chance. Yeah. Oh, he was so good. I think the Cats continuing to win playoff games. Makes it a little more challenging. I don't know. I know you're supposed to look at just the body of work in the regular season, but yeah, yeah. God, I, I do like Troy Anderson. <laughs> I, I want it. There was this. Um, there was this athlete in North Central Montana when I was growing up, and her name was Lonnie Perkins. Okay. Mm-hmm. She married a really good athlete named Ross Judish. He played football Carroll for a little bit. She was like a multiple uh all like she won multiple events mm. in track and field for the Grizz. Oh wow. Fantastic athlete. And I remember hearing like other um women who competed against Lonnie being like, ah, 
God, I want to hate her, but she's so nice. Like, she's such a good human. But she, I mean, she would have, I think she would have won, like, the 800 at in the Big Sky Conference as, oh, like, wow. a, as, like, a senior in high school. Oh, my gosh. Or something. She was wicked fast. And huh. she is one of the Grizz track athlete greats. Huh. Um, she grew up in Conrad. I think I said that. But I feel like Troy's that way, too. Like, I want to hate him because he's a bobcat, but I'm just like... Damn it, you're just such a good dude from everything I see about him. He's so good at football. Like, yeah, all right, fine. I guess, if, I guess if you win the buck, I'll be okay with it. Yeah. Hey, two-third chance odds, right, that a Montana kid's winning it. I love, I, I, yeah. Yeah, that's it's pretty point. awesome. That's pretty awesome. Are Was we questioned questions? No. No. Jeez, that's right. working. <laughs> All right, next year, QB, Amy Joyner asked this question. Build one, or do we have the transfer portal? I think both. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of transfer questions. Kelly Patrick Harris wants to know what positions and what numbers do you anticipate the Grizz will take transfers? Um, over under on the number of players lost to the transfer portal. Same question for gained. I think over under lost is three. Are you talking about total or starters? Good point. Probably more like five. Yeah. Uh, gained is probably similar. I wouldn't be surprised if we see five to seven transfers. I think that's just the name of the game right now in college football. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. The transfer portal, we'll, when we do the recruiting wrap-up in February after the second signing day, we will have a better body of work to talk about the transfer portal, I think, because it's really changing football, right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, and and like Coach Houck said in, in the coaches' show, these rules are foisted upon programs, and um, they just have to react. They just have to live with the new reality that you can't depend on. Uh, you know, you spend a lot of time developing and coaching players and sometimes the moment they find success they're gone so that's that's tough that's a new challenge yep there's always going to be something all right david coy wants to know how superstitious are you i don't have espn2 so i watched even ewu part one at a friend's house then watch jmu they're also both grizz grizz l's i should never go back to his house right right you need a new friend. My best story about this is when the Grizz basketball team was in the Big Sky Conference um, championship against Weber, and it was Anthony Johnson. Do you remember this? And I they do. were losing at half, just getting crushed. Yeah. And I was at my parents' house, and I was like, I can't watch this with you guys anymore. <laughs> and I went back to my place at halftime, and then they won. They won. So I was the best. Uh, I don't know. Listen, watch Celtic Pride and tell me how important superstitions are. Do you remember that? <laughs> remember how they kidnap no. the, the Boston Celtics player? Oh, Lord. No. I don't, know. That's a great movie. Okay. Maybe not great. All right, I'm going to take that great. It was an okay movie. All right. That's it for Twitter questions. Oh, man. Okay. I don't know what to do with ourselves. Luke Rounds was just replying, wondering if we were, you know, hitting three hours. And we're not there yet, but we're damn close. But... 
I don't know if it's seven minutes worth of mumbling that people still want to hear. No, I'm good. I'm trying to think if anybody else added us with other questions. We got our buddy Dylan's. We got the question about the ugly sweaters. So I think we're good. <laughs> Man, we're good is this too. it? <laughs> well, Maybe. Yeah, I mean, so we've got a couple fun ones coming up, though, right? Where yeah. we're going to have some cool guests, and we got to get OD on the pod, right? Yeah, so it's so, it's, it's not going to be weekly. This isn't but, it. Um, you know, when we've got an opportunity to have some fun stuff, we will we'll do it. And, you know, we'll definitely come at you with recruiting. We'll definitely come at you once or twice during the spring, whether they have a game or not. I would love to talk a little basketball. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And even – our women's team is showing out like Man, crazy. kicking ass. So I think yeah. there could be a lot of stuff to talk about. Yeah. I think, you know, um, if we get Riley on to do a, a season recap, we'll also dive into basketball. Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, he's called some of both their games yeah, so far sure this has. year. And, yeah. Yeah. All right. Stay tuned and we'll, we'll still be, we'll uh, still be on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what, guys? Mike. This season has been a lot of fun. It has been. And uh, we've already talked about this a couple different times, but doing this pod with you guys makes me enjoy football season that much more. And I just appreciate that anybody listens to this. Um, When we started it, like the thought of 10 people downloading and listening to it, much less, I think, thousands thousands of downloads (laughs) for a couple of our recent episodes. It's just like, oh my God. Yeah. So uh, not to mention all the people that stream it. Um, If you guys have ideas at us you know we don't we obviously this isn't a real commercialized thing we've had some people approach us with different ideas on that front but i whatever we do there we don't want to change what i think makes this good mm-hmm. and that's you know the you all let the three of us just bs with random people <laughs> so um we'll stick at it and uh yeah if we know you we will see you at some point fortunately not a game this weekend but still um been a hell of a ride And uh, go Grizz. Fight on.